Hello and welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. My name is Emily Soderback. Travis Vogt. Matt Lynch, hi. Hey. I wanted to carry this over from uh, our prior <laughs> conversation because it's a funny concept. Uh, it is, just show you guys how funny we are even when we're not rolling. IRL. Yeah, Emily was talking about having a having a tooth pulled and yeah. being replaced, and we speculated, yes. or Matt speculated, or both of you speculated, I don't want to take credit for someone else's joke, that what if the tooth was replaced with a serial killer's tooth, yeah, and there I'm was getting, a body parts type situation? I'm straight up getting, they called it a ca- like a cadaver bone graft or something, and so, mm-hmm. go, so ghost bones Yes. in my mouth. So if you hear about a series of mysterious serial bitings... In the Seattle metropolitan area. <laughs> what if it just does something else? Like, what if it makes me, like, sing really beautifully or, like... The, all of that stuff's possible, but I mean, I think most likely is... I'm going to start biting ...is violent people. crime. Yeah. <laughs> most be, likely I'm going to just start a, biting a people. Less, yeah, if you extrapolated that body parts concept, but, like, it's a good person, it's, like, not... It's cool, I guess. It's not a good movie where, like, Jeff Fahey's arm is replaced by the arm right. of, a, like, a philanthropist or something. He's like, I can't stop pouring soup for homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> just doing so much good all the time. Emily, well, he was a great man. And Emily's going to be in line at Starbies, and this guy is going to abruptly cut in line, and she's going to be like, excuse me, you can't just cut in line. He's going to go, bite me, lady, and you're going to snap. Well, that's going to be we. That's going to be what does it. Well, might we. What if I just like know a different language, or like, like all of a sudden I'm fluent? You don't talk like with Italian. your tooth, though. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, I sound tough for my teeth. I'm telling you, it's biting or nothing. I know. I'm trying to work around it, but there's no working around it. It's biting you would, or nothing. You, maybe you would get like a beautiful operatic singing voice if they were, like gave you a ghost uvula. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the little hanging the thing little in the back of your hang. back of your mouth. You got like a replaced from like fucking some dead opera singer. <laughs> that would be cool. Or maybe I. Malifluous. Yeah, it's, there's nothing but biting. What are teeth? What are teeth even for? Wow. Nothing but biting. Think about it. I mean, that's when you think about it, that true. is true. I, <laughs> I know that's why. Look out, Nick. You come to appreciate the value of teeth and how they do work into our speech, though, when you watch uh, Ian McKellen struggle with his new dentures in John Wick 4. <laughs> no. Have you seen that before? Ian McKellen? You mean Ian, Ian McShane? Ian McShane, sorry. I was like, Ian McKellen? John Wick 4? Johnny. John. Go kill those people. Yeah, yeah. Ian McShane has uh, new dentures or something in John Wick Four, and he's having a tough time with it. And you're just like, damn, those teeth are. Put, or there, putting a lot there's of work also in. whatever Vin Diesel puts in his mouth because he doesn't know how to talk. I don't know what's going on there, but I feel like <laughs> whenever I like even the new Fast and Furious movie, whenever he speaks, it seems like he's got something in there so he can't fully close his mouth, <laughs> so he can't really enunciate any words. <laughs> so he's like, I saw about family. It's about family. A little bit. Oh God. Uh, there's a scene where he's making out with Michelle Rodriguez. Like poor Michelle Rodriguez, oh, repeatedly, God. repeatedly has to pretend to be sexually attracted to this Trump orange pumpkin. Oh my God! Who cannot speak English? So this, this quickly turned into a Vin Diesel hate a Maybe that's whose tooth you got. <laughs> I mean, hopefully Vern doesn't hear any of this. Yeah, Vern's Vern's over there. He's I listening. know. I wish they would. T- I wish they would tell me. It would be cool to know. Mm, I don't know. Would you want to know what tooth you're? Who's Tooth. Yes. Whose tooth well, was I'm going not, into I'm my face? Well, I'm not getting my, my someone's face? tooth. I'm getting someone's bone materials, uh-huh. which makes it a, even gonna, spookier. Someone's going to whittle a femur into a tooth shape, like a guy on a porch? No, I'm getting like a fake tooth, but a real bone thing that is supposed to help oh, the tooth right, grow. of course. Ooh. I don't know. I'm not a fucking dentist. Damn. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just not, I'm not looking forward. A, I'm not looking forward to it being taken out, and B, I'm not looking forward to having 
to have a whole like a big old gap because that's a big molar in the back of my mouth for like four months. I'm not excited. You should put different stuff in it just to see. To see what? I don't know. Maybe it feels good. Just to see if it feels good. <laughs> like, right, for today, it's... Emily, why do you have a fucking rock in the back? Or get, or get like, get like a, a... Silly like putty? A, no, get like a, like a CBD or like a THC, like Gummy? like a lozenge, and just like let it sit in the in the, the hole all day yeah. and melt. For four months. And you'll, you get, can... and you'll just get like a low dose hmm. constantly. Every time you want to spike your high, you just, you're, you just tongue it a little bit. Or Emily, do you have a nug of weed <laughs> just lodged in the hole in your mouth? Or you could get like a poison one like in Dune. And, and yeah. <laughs> remember <laughs> the, remember tooth. the tooth. The tooth. Jesus. The tooth. Well, I'm sure it'll all, all be fine and... I'm sure it's all gonna be fine too. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna suck it's for a gonna while. Be fine. I have two missing molars on my, on my back out? teeth. They took them out. Did you get? Put, They're not missing though. You, you know what happened to them? <laughs> no, the, I, I actually brought it up with the dentist. I was like, oh, I need those teeth back. Where are they? They're like, ah, oh, what oh, teeth? Ah, oh, <laughs> what teeth? Ah, oh, they checked their pockets like right in front of me. And they're like, they're not in here. <laughs> that was They're weird too. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think they that were gonna be a little pockets. suspicious. <laughs> They started sweating. Oh, uh, it's like when somebody like asks you for money on the street, and you're like, uh, no, sorry. Yeah, they're rifling through the trash can. You're like, it's not in the trash. Would I, it be there? Would it be there? It's missing. Uh, usually when Why is, I take what's, them out, What are you holding behind your back? Nothing. <laughs> they're in a bunch of different pieces. They tend to not come out whole. Ugh, yeah, because they got to like... Like hit him with a little Patterson troll car and smash him into pieces. Uh, but they're gonna give car. me. The troll car I'm not gonna be like under sedation, but they're gonna give me what they very unprofessionally called the roofie drug. Um, <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. yeah. It was a lady you, too. They're gonna give you GHB. <laughs> so they're like, you're you're gonna like go in and then it's gonna feel like it was only you were there for like a minute and then it'll be done. But you will actually have been in there for like an hour or two. Right. You'll actually have been in there for a year. Yeah. Everything so. will have changed. My uh, when my when my ex girlfriend Molly went to get some wisdom teeth removed a few years ago, she, there was you know she, she was coming out of the anesthesia like in the Uber on the way home, and the doctor had like you know put gauze in her mouth because you know it was her her wounds were like oozing blood a little yeah. bit, and she goes she's still kind of out of it in the car. She's like, why is it in my mouth? And I'm like, oh, it's gauze, honey. You know, like the, the dentist said that your your wounds were oozing a little bit. She she goes. <laughs> Secret of the Ooze. Oh my God! Amazing. <laughs> I love being a turtle. <laughs> that was uh, that was very delightful. Tremendous. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, well, so that's what's going but it's, on. But it, all, all I'm saying is, it's good that they were going to be re- replacing your molars because it sucks not having molars back there. It's hard to yeah. chew things. I don't have any of my wisdom teeth, and I have one. Good molar, and then the next one in is the one that's got to go. Mm. And so, when they when RIP. they pulled it, I remember it very vividly. They didn't they didn't put me out or anything like that. And I and I thought it was going to be the same thing. Patterson Trocar and like chiseling it out and stuff. And the dentist just went with the pliers and didn't. It wasn't even like a uh, uh, sort of thing. Oh, that's disturbing. Just that it just, just came right out. out. It just went like they, it, this, you're like, this could was, I have done this that? Was, this was the motion. Wow. <laughs> You guys can't see that, but <laughs> it just like grabbed he just, it. He just moved it. His hand. it looks like that means like it looks like you... he's using the tongs and plucking a cherry tomato out of the salad bar. Yes. <laughs> Wait, well, got it. And then were you like, could I have just? <laughs> yeah. Could I have just reached back Is there and done the... it? Weirdly, then then he just popped it into his own mouth, swallowed it whole. Yeah, and they said it was usually this is much harder, but your jaws are pathetic. They told me my, my jaw what? was pathetic. 
Unman- they, they specifically said unmanly. <laughs> and then they was For like, a minute, I thought and I was like, where is that tooth? And they were like, I don't know. I don't I don't know, know, I don't know what tooth? What to- yeah, they gaslight you. What are you talking about? You know what they sir? do with those You're teeth? Crazy. Though they grind them up and they cut cocaine with them. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's way better than baby way, laxative. Way better than baby laxative. Yeah. Gets you higher. But not as good as fentanyl. No, not as good. Not quite as good. Boy, I tell but you. But if you even touch the stuff, yeah, you, you die. If you hear about fentanyl, yeah, you yeah. will at least go into a coma. Yeah. Uh, we found some fentanyl. Speaking Death. of where you speaking, find fentanyl. Speaking of life on the streets. <laughs> oh, yeah, very good. What are we doing this week? Speaking of unseemly street yeah. stuff. We are doing three movies, believe we, it or not. Let, let's call it Boys in the Hood. We're going to call it Boys in the Hood unless we come up, we come up with something more clever. I like Boys in the Hood. It, but, it, but that sums it up. It's three movies in which white people take a terrible wrong turn into the hood. Yes, Class, a classic genre. A classic genre, freighted with absolutely no... Other significance, uh, no no socioeconomic economic issues whatsoever. Certainly no uh, no racial issues. Not at all. Not, not remotely. <laughs> that, that we're going to have to deal. with. We will not be dealing with any of that because there's nothing to talk about. So we're well, going to be doing Enemy Territory, 1987. Oh my we're going to be doing Trespass. No, not the one we just did, but Walter Hill's Trespass from 1992. And then we're going to be doing. Judgment Night, 1993. The oft-requested Judgment Night. Yes. People have been asking for this one. Yeah, Judgment Night's uh, pretty legendary. And speaking, and just like where we were talking about how the racial issue comes up, Judgment Night was like, nope, nope, not not gonna do it. Hard pass. <laughs> gonna go ahead and he lied to that whole question. Uh, so that's so that's fun. But the other two don't. Especially uh, not the first one. <laughs> certainly not the first one, which is fucking great, by the way. It's called mm. Enemy Territory. On Friday night, Barry Rapchick, the insurance agent, had one last appointment to make in the South Bronx. Do you know which apartment Elva Briggs is in? Don't touch me, buddy. I've had a very long day, and I have neither the time nor the patience for any more of you kids playing Scarface with me. All he had to do was get the papers signed. I'm sorry, I can't take cash. By signed, I've got the payment. Well, it's all right. Collect the premium. And get out alive. Look, this is crazy. The vampires? The vampires do this? They're trapped in enemy territory, and the vampires want the money and their blood. You go through this floor, room by room, closet by closet. Yes. Peter Manoogian. Manoogian. Starring, he's a band boy. He's a Charles Band buddy. Yes. Starring some white guy whose name I don't remember. Ray uh, Parker Jr., Ray the Parker singer Jr. of the Ghostbusters theme song. Tony and Todd. Motherfucker. Tony Todd Tony is the Todd. villain. And the great Jan Michael Vincent, who is so drunk that they wrote his character into having a wheelchair so he didn't have to stand up. <laughs> and you I know when you said that to when you were like, notice that he's like constantly fidgeting his legs, I was like, damn, he like truly looks like he kind of wants to get up, but then like is like, no, I'm in a wheelchair. Well, also he's got the he's got the DTs clearly <laughs> yeah. the whole time. John Michael Vincent got to like the stage of of a degenerate actor's career where he wouldn't stand like way earlier. I believe than most it people. was couldn't stand. <laughs> couldn't. Exactly. Usually, it's like an older, like a older actor who's like, I'm not gonna fucking stand up for this bullshit yeah. movie. But John Michael Vincent's like, I'm pretty far gone. And I read somewhere that Ernest Dickerson came in and shot part of this movie because they fired the initial DP for being drunk on the set too. Oh my god. Well, it's it's that kind of movie. 
I really liked this movie. It's great. It's uh, the best one out of the three. But I agree. For me. By the way, it's, I agree. it's out of print, uh, but you can see it on you can watch it on YouTube. It is on which YouTube. Is great, and I recommend that you do. Although I would love it if they put out a fucking Blu-ray. That'd be a nice thing. thing Wouldn't yeah. that be tight? I would love that. I watched it on the VHS tape that Scarecrow has. Mm. Did uh, you watch the YouTube, Emily? I watched the YouTube. Nice. This is a this is a fantastic. It's like a it's like a trash, a John Carpentery type, trash mm-hmm. masterpiece. Eighty-seven minutes. Yeah. In and out. It's the second time I've watched it this year. Really, I watched the th- yeah. We watched it the first time just randomly on a whim, mm. and it was just like we we're looking up stuff on IMDb or whatever. And like Ray Parker Jr., John <laughs> Michael Vincent. Yeah, we were going through a John Michael Vincent phase. This is the whole thing. By the way, you can do worse things than go through a John Michael Vincent phase. It's true. He's in some pretty amazing stuff. It's very true. And he's always either drunk or hungover, yes. and you can easily tell. Sometimes the difference it's between- both. <laughs> he's like, I'm hungover. I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to get back to drunk again. But somehow, miraculously, he he probably wasn't conscious for the last 45 years of his life. He has my favorite scene in this movie, though. We'll get to it. Yeah. But, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> so, what's this movie about? This who's the main guy? What's the, what's the main actor's name, anyway? <laughs> I thought he looked familiar. Barry? Is his name Barry? His name is Barry. Oh, and his real name is, his real name is Gary something, because I remember being like, that's funny. Gary Barry. That they made that they changed just the first letter. Of Harry Gary for Barry. Barry is an insurance salesman, <laughs> and he's a bit of a dweeb. Right. He's a bit of a dweeb, and he's got, a, he's got an alcohol problem. Yeah. Gary Frank was the actor's name. Harry Barry Gary. Gary Frank. Gary Frank. Gary em- Frank, brother of Lisa an, Frank. He won an Emmy Award for his performance on the TV series Family. Good for yeah, him. Go for him. Emmy Award winner. Go for him. Go for that him. That was years before. Anyway, Barry's got a bit of an alcohol problem, and he's like, he works for an insurance company, and he sucks. And he's <laughs> desperately trying to be better. He's trying to be better. It's he's trying to keep his job. Really. And his, his boss his boss is like, look, go into the projects. This lady signed up for a $100,000 insurance policy, and you will get a, a giant multi-thousand dollar commission if you go sign her up tonight. Yes. Yeah. So you're going to have to go into the projects where no white man is advised to tread. Yeah. Especially after, after dark. dark. Lena Headey is, uh, runs this place. She's <laughs> yeah. at the very top. <laughs> it's basically this Judge movie Dredd. This totally Dredd. Um, but I, also, I wanted to point out two things before we get into the full-on plot. Uh, the movie is begins with a like an urban montage, mm-hmm. of course, of like the... the big, and the know, title isn't graffiti font. The title's like, very oh, cool. Fucking better be. Yeah. And uh, and there's a song called "Dealing with Life" by the Boogie Boys that's uh-huh. playing at the beginning. <laughs> it's a fucking great movie. Uh, and then we're introduced to to Gary Frank or Larry. Gary, What's Barry? Barry. Larry. Gary <laughs> playing Barry. Larry Crown. And he's uh, and he's talking on the phone. This is how you're like introduced to him, and he's like having a very serious conversation with his wife, or possibly, uh, I guess, just wife at this point. But he's like, "You want to put me in jail? Go right ahead. It won't because I could use a break." And then and he, after this whole tirade, he goes, "How are the kids?" <laughs> oh yeah, he was. He's like, "Did he win his like championship game or something?" Yeah. Did he win the spelling bee? It won't no. Put, it won't put money in your pocket. All right. It doesn't change the fact you don't have any money, and so he's stressed out. It's great exposition though, because you're just immediately like, okay, uh, I know guy, everything yeah. about this guy. This guy's a fucking schmuck. <laughs> he's in a bad way. He's more of a schmendrick. He's a total schmendrick. Uh, and uh, yes, so he so used to go to these towers, uh, these these like tenement building towers, to uh, sign this old lady named Elva up for her life insurance policy. Yes. Because she wants to make sure her like grandchildren get money or something. But when he gets there, 
he immediately gets makes lost. a dire mistake oh, by asking a young he boy. He gets lost, and he asks a young boy for directions by tapping him gently on the shoulder and mm-hmm. asking for directions. You never tap a young boy on the this shoulder. This kid flies off the handle, to put it mildly. He's very upset. He's very upset. He's also in the midst of harassing a young woman. Well, she's, he's they just sort of hitting like on friends. her. She seems, yeah, she seems yeah but she also seems kind of terrified. <laughs> well, he is a vampire. Uh, we'll get to it. His name is Decon. Decon, and uh, yeah, he's, and a, he's, he's got a, part a knife. Of I will say, uh, almost maybe to <laughs> to Gary's credit, to Barry's credit, like he is not afraid of any, anybody. No, here. I think most movies you'd see this guy like walking to this neighborhood and be like, "Oh no," or anything. He's just like, "Hey, gangster-looking kid, what's the heck? Do you know where this thing?" He's, he's like, "Has has and completely the, the kid is like, Did you touch me, white boy? And he's like, "Look, I don't have time for your shit." You little kid. He's like yelling at this kid, I don't and then they take shit from a little kid. Kid pulls a knife on him. <laughs> He's and like, then, whoa, what's happening? Then the old security oh, guard shows guy. up. Oh, the poor guy. This he, guy. He's I like, mean, get out of here. And he's wearing a nice blue uniform, but he's got red shirt painted all over him. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and Barry's like, are you one of the security guards? And he goes, I am. I am the security guard. guard. I am the security guard. <laughs> these kids, these kids, uh, they don't want to mess with cops. So usually I can scare them off, stuff like that. And, but the kid was so mad. He said, you're dead. Like you're dead, you're dead white, white boy. boy. Yeah, he, he doesn't just. It's not just the tapping. I think it, it's it, like the tapping. He's like, "Hey, don't tap me." And then, like at one point, he kind of like because the kid, you know, is, is not, is is not nice to him. And then he like shoves him a little. Right. Bit. Put your hands on a little. And brother. that's the he puts you. That's don't, what he says. You don't put your hand on a on the, the young blood. The young blood. That's right. On the young blood. And it turns out the decon is a member of the gang that rules the towers. The vampires. The vampires. And they always they always cross their. Over their chest yes, when they, start they are so awesome. They're anyway, fucking cool. It's not even a gang. It's like a cult. <clears throat> we have it's it yet. Yeah. Cult gang. It is straight they, up cult. They treat and their leader it. Tony Todd as a, as like a god. As they should. They believe he's as immortal. They should. He's Tony Todd. They call, his name is the Count. The Count. And they god, they apparently cool. they apparently cool. do drink blood. Uh, yeah, I don't, and they have they they take their time to light a thousand candles, even though they're all like tough guys. I always I don't know. I <laughs> well, always they're love, romantics at heart. I always love thinking of the off-camera like times where these characters are supposed to be lighting all of these candles right? for the ambiance, or the, or the counts going to like the store and buying buying a bunch the of candles. candles. Like, where do you have any? Can I get a deal on bulk buying candles in bulk? Like if it's I buy a hundred, can I get a discount? It's for the mood of the place. Yeah. Uh, and just have several garbage bags full of candles that he's walking back to the place. You put your hand on a young blood. One young blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 oh my god. Uh, anyway, so so Barry gets to Elva's place. She signs the policy because she wants she wants to leave you know the life insurance to her daughter. Yeah. And uh, gives him pays him in cash. So Barry's got six grand in cash in his pocket. I forgot that. that which was basically even. is like that's like the golden. The golden key that allows anybody to survive this movie is they keep like slowly whittling away at this wad of cash like and giving it to people. That's another fun detail in the, 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 in the script. Uh, and six thousand dollars, I, I know, of course went online and checked. Six thousand dollars in nineteen eighty seven is two hundred thousand dollars now. Jesus, Jesus yeah. fucking! Christ. Are you serious? No, I'm not. Oh. <laughs> but it's probably, it's probably <laughs> <laughs> we were so ready to believe well, that. Well, shit, shit's really bleak now, so it didn't seem out of the realm. No, I didn't go high enough to land the joke. Apparently, no. I thought two hundred thousand was very high. I was absolutely <laughs> gobsmacked, but and yet I understood. Well, really, just the thing is that I'm a very good actor. Yeah. Did you actually look and up I how much it is? No. I'm, I'm assuming it's like fifteen thousand. 
That would be my guess. Sure. Still, man. And Anything sure over $5,000 is like $200,000 to me in my brain. Right. You know it's what a I lot mean? of money, but Barry needs it. And, it, and it's one of those classic uh, cases where it is it, it is certain, like throughout this whole I think thing. Barry needs to touch grass. <laughs> Someone tell <laughs> The count tells him to touch grass at one point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says he's chewy. <laughs> You're too chewy. Touch grass. Oh, my God. You're cringe. <laughs> You're too cringe, Barry. You cringe. Um, anyway, but uh, but it's but it's one of those cl- uh, classic things. Guys, no things. one says chuggy anymore. This happens in all no, three. No, Travis does. <laughs> I say it constantly. That's so chuggy. It's very that's, only the, of that's only the first time today, but it won't be the last. <laughs> um, a threat and a promise. But through uh, in all three of these movies, there's something like that, like a thing that that is the vestige of what we wanted mm-hmm. that you have to leave behind <clears throat> because now your life, now it's your life. Right. You have to leave behind the money or the car or the gold because yes. uh, like I'm abandoned that thing because now it's just my life mm-hmm. I'm negotiating about that uh, and that happens in all three of these and it's the six thousand dollars in this yes and there's a funny uh, Ray the Parker Jr. yeah meanwhile Ray Parker Jr. this is weird I think that there's a real like they lost they lost they a lost real because he just the way he appears well okay yes. so earlier in the movie while while Barry is making his trip down to the project uh, we meet uh, we meet Ray Parker Jr. and Ray Par- Parker Jr. works for the phone company his name is Will Will and Will is trying to, he's like, we got a job down in the towers. And his partner's like, I don't want to fucking go down there. What are you so gung-ho about going down there for? And he's like, well, there's a girl that I'm dating, and she's down there, and I figured I'd get off work and I'd stay at her place. Yeah. And, and that's like, kind of where we leave it. Yeah, because you're, you, you you meet Gar- Barry, and then you meet Ray Parker Jr., and you're like, okay, so we're going to see both of their stories as they go in. And like, indeed we, do, we indeed don't. Indeed we do not. Yeah. And, and it really does feel like, because, um, Barry gets into into a pickle, yeah, as we a real as we mentioned. Dill of a pickle, <laughs> and he's he's, in, he's runs afoul of the vampires. He goes up to the old lady's place, the, and while during this time when he's like making the insurance deal with the old lady, um, the vampires are all like, "We're gonna fucking kill this guy." Yeah, <laughs> this is what's this is what's as soon like, as that guy like leaves. Tony Todd, the the count, gives him like a Cyrus and the Warriors like speech about like what are we gonna do to this white boy, <laughs> which is yes. like really you guys are like that bored that that is you now must. Just like I think guy. it's an extraordinary realistic portrayal of of uh, project life in the in the eighties, <laughs> Emily. I don't really understand why you find it so incredulous. <laughs> I thought this movie was gritty. This is like a David Simon gritty. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. David you know, David Simon wishes he could write something you know this sucks, realistic. Though, this what, nuance. What sucks is that in, in the background there's so much graffiti, but I couldn't find any funny ones. No, yeah, I'm I was constantly I was looking constantly for looking for some funny graffiti. It was all like very just realistic, like nonsensical like yeah. graffiti stuff. There was no like penis drawings or like uh, anything else that is would it, make me the, smile oh, the, there's, uh, the, the things that I love the most in movies are like funny protest signs as yeah. as, as we've discussed and then like graffiti that is clearly like some like 40 year old white yeah. white dude had to like give us some graffiti you know right. what the stuff what graffiti would look and then they're like I don't know anarchy kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kill the president I don't know some <laughs> shit Bad know. to the bone. Bad to the bone. Oh, can uh, you, but no, it was bad. all it was all sadly just normal looking graffiti <laughs> yeah, that didn't really like bland. Yeah. It's just too bad because so much of this movie is in most other regards not bland at all. So when Barry leaves Elva's place, we notice that she has like a thousand locks She's on her door. She's got four locks on her door. Yep. Uh, a thousand. That's what I meant, is a thousand. Um, and now place. he's a fucking target. Yeah, so he's trying to get down on the elevator, and he's then the security guard's with him, and the elevator opens, and he, there's Tony Todd and Decon, and, <laughs> and uh, a couple other and dudes. a couple other dudes, and 
D- Tony Todd is like, you're not getting out of this, white boy. You might not die, but we're. it's going to take blood. We're going to hurt you. Yeah. We're the vampires. We're the vampires. Nobody touches a young blood. We just want a word with Especially a big... Especially after dark. Yeah. Yeah. We just want a word with a big mouth ghost who put his hand on a blood brother. Mm. Yeah, and this is Tony cool. Scott. Tony Todd is so fun. Tony Scott. He's, he's, so, having, he's a blast. having so much fucking fun in this. And immediately God. what happens is De- Deacon shoves his pig sticker right into the old man. And the old man fires his weapon and shoots poor Decon and just spl- yeah, just splatters like, him all over the back of that elevator. Is, this kid's like twelve. He's years twelve years old. Twelve year old. He's yeah. fucking dead. Totally dead. And uh, and the elevator closes. Yes. And goes down. And, and Barry's going like, dude, what do, what do I do? Help! Help! <laughs> Help! And and who comes out to the rescue? Will. But Will Ray Parker Jr. Who picks up the no? He's got a gun of his own. He's already got a gun. But he wants he's to already get had ammo from. He's the already had an adventure of his own. An yeah. t- entire separate adventure. He's like, yeah, shit's going down in this building. Yeah. I mean, we shot a whole thing, and then somebody le- left the reel in a taxi cab or something. But anyways, I'm here to help. I'm I'm already fully enmeshed in, in my own adventure. So let me join yours. Unbelievable. It's weird. Uh, and now they have to. Me, now they have to find a way out of the building. That's they, it. They try to get back into his girlfriend's You've seen place, Dread and before? she's like, "No, she's like hell no, no, thank you, nope." They try. They go back into the old lady's house, briefly. Yeah, yeah. and they meet her granddaughter. She tells she tells them to go meet their gra- her granddaughter because her granddaughter's really smart. Baby Stacy Dash in her very first role from Clueless. Stacy Dash. Oh, yeah. From her. Clueless, from uh, from MAGA. She's MAGA now. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. She went MAGA. Good job. Uh, she's troubled. Stacy Dash, but she's she's good in this, more or less. I like the I like the because I looked it up. I was like Stacy Dash. She's already an adult, and then she was an, a teenager in Clueless. She was twenty eight. In Clueless. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. Is, is this another one of your little fibs? No, no, that, no that's true. She's a, <laughs> I mean, she's a teen. I she can't just a teenager. say what he says anymore. Yeah. What was Clueless? 94, 95, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Or I don't 93. Know, 93. Yeah, this is 87. So, yeah. But uh, she's she's this, and, and this is all just a series of adventures from one room to another as they're, like, looking for a way to get out. Well, first they, the, they the go, whole movie. then they take shelter with another uh, couple, and, like, the guy, the old man gives... Uh, Barry some shoes. Yeah, no, they're, they're really yeah. nice. They need shoes, so he like gives the little kid some money. Well, there. Ray Parker Jr. is the one who keeps on going like, give him, him, give him money, pay him, pay yeah, him. Yeah. And the old man tries to be like, I don't, no, I just, no, I'm just, I'm just a decent old man. Yeah. <laughs> and then so Ray Parker Jr. just gives the money to the little kid that's in the room. Yeah, hundred dollars. This is two hundred thousand dollars and then twenty three money. <laughs> yeah, but then they decide to take, and here's where the movie gets real good. They said they decide to take shelter with Mister. Uh, Parker, J- Mr. Parker, Mr. Parker, <laughs> coincidental. Uh, played by the great Jan Michael Vincent, who is apparently <laughs> the only person the vampires are afraid of, and we find out that that's because Mr. Parker is a wheelchair-bound Vietnam veteran with some serious PTSD, <laughs> who has turned his apartment into a bunker, <laughs> into a bunker, and he's also tricked out his wheelchair with hidden booby trap weapons. But he also just has a cat litter box in the background that we do at one well, point see a cat come out well, of. Well, he explains you the do, cat. Okay, well. we'll We'll get to the cat because you do when you first they first introduce the cat. You're like, oh, this is supposed to show that this lunatic is like actually has, a has nice a heart, man. Has, mm, well, so, no, no. <laughs> that's not what that. No, it's so much worse. But I just wanted to say, like, you get he like his he's turned. This is the, this kind of movie where he's turned the whole place into like a steel lined bunker. It's just a very it's so fun this, and silly this movie. But they knock on his door and he's got like this sliding plate, puts like, a like shotgun a through the thing, and he's like, fuck off, Mau Mau. I don't need any magazine <laughs> subscriptions. <laughs> he keeps calling her Mau Mau, which is. 
calls people deeply problematic. Very bad. Uh, not the worst slur he could use, but not you know there aren't really any good ones. So <laughs> yes, and 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 he's John Michael Vincent's probably in the movie for a total of like fifteen minutes, something like that. He's not. He like gets that. top billing, but he's he's barely in it. <laughs> but he's fucking great. He's amazing in it. Yes, I mean he's just he's just blackout drunk. The whole time, apparently, uh, according to Ray Parker Jr., and I have no reason to, dis- to doubt this, he threw his wheelchair at Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> at one oh point. Oh my God! Do you think he? Do you think he threw his wheelchair at Ray Parker Jr. and said, "Who are you gonna call?" <laughs> now, who are you gonna call, Mao Mao? Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> These yuppies are all driving Volvos. I'm down here fighting off Mao Maos and eating spam. <laughs> Uncle Sam called me out to go kill communists in Vietnam. He even he even goes on like, of course oh, this yeah. guy's just ranting and raving. Oh, it's, it's great. awesome! And it, and at one point he's kind of you think he's gonna do that like Uncle Sam fucking took my legs, but he's like Uncle Sam paid me money to kill communists and that was really fun. And then he gives me a pretty sweet uh, check. Pe- yeah, pension. Yeah. And then he's he, pretty happy with the situation. And then Will is like, I was also in Vietnam, and he's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, what about you? To Barry and Barry's like, I was in college. <laughs> he, he's, yeah. And then he's like, we drive your yuppie. Volvo, and he's like, my wife got the Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> he's just everybody lives to cuck for for, for Barry in this movie. Barry's a, in college. definitely a soy boy beta cuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. But he finds his balls over the course of. He well, does. he has to kill. He kills night. a man. He kills one guy, and he's like, "This imme- is before that. This even." I he's think. got immediate PTSD for stabbing. Oh that yeah, guy. he's that's really funny. He's like up. he just becomes instantly unhinged. <laughs> I like I like it in movies when they kind of like overshoot the sort of like I killed the person. Oh no, sort of thing. Like they have to. It's like Barry. It was him or you, man. <laughs> it's a hundred percent. Like guy. I feel like you're okay on a, this one. A bloodthirsty cartoon gangster <laughs> yeah. who calls himself a vampire is about to stab a person who saved your life. He's about to, or he's about to like hit Ray Parker Jr. with a bat, and he's like, "It's fine, you can kill the yeah, guy." Yeah, you can kill the guy. It's totally okay. And he's like, "Oh no!" He, yeah. he like really breaks down to the point where Ray Parker Jr. is like, "Seriously, you gotta." Yeah, that's. This I is mean, actually, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't know how he would react to that. I would though. be like, "I'd be so cool." I'd be fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be like, "I have no doubt in my mind." Straight face, just yeah, I killed a guy. Yeah, whatever. It's him or me. Whatever. I can still smell him on my fingers. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> tasted in the air. <laughs> so wait, talk about the cat then. Okay, so I feel like I missed this part though. So he's got this cat, and and he's like, he's got, going on. He's, I got the line. He's but going on like, a whole rant. You actually see the cat come out of the litter box though, and it looks like the cat, the actual cat, did just like use a litter box sure. on set, which well, I thought was kind so of funny. So he ex- he explains why he's got the cat. Why don't you fill that in? Fill us in on that, Travis. Yo, I got that goddamn cat. Taste my food. Make sure it ain't poisoned. Oh yeah. But I gotta shoot. But I gotta shoot one every now and then. Get another one. And then and then he's like, a lot of times he's just sort of rambling. No, then he's then he's like, it's because of the the microwaves that they're using for mind control or whatever. He goes, cats. You know them cats. They'll give you AIDS and cancer, (laughs) pink eyes, shit like that. (laughs) This is really like that's funny. That's a that's like a clearly a funny like a joke line that's. Yeah, yeah, I don't think John Michael Vincent knows it's a joke, but cats give you AIDS and cancer, pink eye shit. Like, that's a classic joke. Beautiful. It's classic joke structure. Classic. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good movie. But um, then I got to cover them with aluminum foil to keep out the 5G. <laughs> Just, but this movie, but this movie moves, of course, really fast. It's eighty-seven minutes. It's the, it's really economical, and so they're they're there long enough for John Michael Vincent to give us a bunch of great rants, some some really great stuff. But then during that time, the girl is like, "I need to go check on my grandma." Yeah. And so she leaves and checks on her grandma, 
which Tony that Todd doesn't is, go well. Tony Todd is torturing. They fucking beat beat up the grandma. She's not dead though. No, she's just beat. Yeah, and Tony Todd, and so she, Tony Todd starts torturing Stacy Dash, and this is where you get some like this is Tony Todd's line where he's like this this is a really bad guy. He's not a nice man. And imagine Tony Todd just at peak Tony Todditude, pre Candyman, saying this pre Candyman Todditude. This is probably like how he got Candyman, I would assume. I mean, he, I mean, he loves just being creepy in fucking tenement buildings. He's the there, scourge of the project. There's one part where, like where like um, two two people reconcile or like come together again and hug, and he goes, "How touching!" He's like that kind <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah. He's, like he's that a cartoon, kind of bad. He's a and cartoon. I love it. We'll so, get to, we'll get to it, but he also gets one of the most most cartoonishly silly bad guy deaths <laughs> I think I've yeah. ever seen. But this is him uh, t- uh, torturing or like threatening Stacy Dash. We're going to have a little vampire party and fill every hole on your body. Oh, yeah, then we're going to cut you some new holes and fill those, too. Now you fill talk. Fill them with what? Jesus Christ. Sausage, bro. Like uh, a kind of a garlic uh, blend. CBD gummies. CBD gummies. <laughs> Ghost bones. Ghost bones. Ghost bones. Uh, so he's really bad. I mean, they're vampires. They're not actually vampires. There's there's another funny thing through through the thing. <laughs> they're not. There's a funny thing vampires. in the thing. There's a funny thing through the thing. But but they seem to maybe think that they're vampires. Well, they believe him to be immortal. Well, there yeah. are you guys. There are people out there who call themselves vampires that like drink human blood. There, and it's just there's like, also it's just like weir- a weird subculture. There's also sure. people that are suicidally depressed because they don't live on Pandora. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> right. What is the Jesus. show? Huh? The <laughs> show? There's they. It's TV episode What's of a TV show, show where they covered that. Uh, oh, was that like the, a Criminal it, Minds or something? No, it's an a, that HBO show where that guy John goes around. Video oh, oh, How To With John Wilson. How To With John Wilson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Masterpiece it's program. fascinating. Uh, it's very sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, like these vampires, they're, they're constantly going like, the sun's about to come up. We need to get this done before the sun comes yeah. up. And it's like you aren't actually vampires. You can continue into the day. Yeah, it's very but weird. That, I find that very, very amusing. That they just add this fake demarcation line. Yeah, uh, but that's what that's what good brisk movies do. They have a, like a time limit set. Yes, exactly. It's a classic screenwriting trick. Uh, but yes, uh, at, at a certain point, Tony Todd and his and his cadre of fanatics uh, show up at John Michael Vincent's door, and they're going to do a trade. Uh, Stacy Dash and the lady, and Gary is going. And Gary Barry is going uh, to be a hero. They have like, nooses around their necks. Yeah, too. it's like really fucked. They're up. super bad guys. It's unpleasant. And uh, <laughs> and Barry's like, I'll I'll go out there. I, I'll you can trade them for me. Now I'll, that Barry's I'm a killed now. a man, he's really like kind of like shown up. You know? Yeah, <laughs> he's now he's now got that that he's got some big dick energy. <laughs> Just kidding. He really he has a, it's he still has regular dick he's, energy. It's still, it's still very. It's like below half dick, dick energy. But he has an arc, you know. But yeah, he, no, he he's he's a, growing, and he's. I think he's. You know what? You know what it is. He's becoming more confident in himself. Oh, I think and so. And a little more selfless. I think he's. I think after this episode, he's going to be a better person, and maybe yeah. he'll even do be, do right by his his wife and his kid. I sure know? hope so. I That's sure what I'm investing. I, I hope for nothing but the best for Barry. He's uh, and nothing but the best he for found, Barry. He found a core of. Uh, of goodness in him. Anyway, they managed in the crucible the, of fire. The vampires do manage to get the better of Jan Michael Vincent. Yes. <laughs> even yeah. though he has like even... he has arrows that shoot out of his wheelchair, though. Yes, he does. Yes. This fucking guy. He's got this a, fucking guy. He's got his wheelchair rigged up, tripped out with booby like traps. He like shows them too. He's like, yeah, check it out. 
There's a really good scene, like th- th- in like this scene where they filled. do the, the, the trade-off for St- Stacy Dash and her grandma for Gary. For Gary goes, just goes to Bedlam and and like end, and ends up with like this machine gun fire. But this is the kind of movie it is because it's obviously a micro budget yeah. that they they shot in the basement of the studio or something <laughs> like that. And uh, and so it'll be like just like John Michael Vincent. They, they, the only day that they had like live round or yeah. like rounds to, to shoot, you'll see just John Michael Vincent and he'll, he'll be shooting down the hall and you can see that there's nobody in the down the hall yeah, yeah. but then they'll cut to people running from stuff getting the, blown away yeah and stuff. it's real it's a very cheapo um yes. b movie but so I, I i enjoy that kind of stuff once the dust settles from that conflict they they realize that there might be another person that knows a secret way out and this person's like a little six-year-old boy this named Chet. Great. and this Chet. kid this kid was on the cosby show oh yeah kenny oh. on the he cosby. played bill cosby he was yes this he kid, was he was this Rudy's kid friend. Did some really bad shit later in life. <laughs> yeah, he was he was and that Rudy's kid, friend. Bill Cosby. That kid was Bill Cosby. <laughs> and he and he's like the he's this kid that knows the the ins and outs of the building, he knows pers- a specifically way the outs out. yeah. in, in this case. As kids do. And he's pretty heroic too. He's like Newt at the end of Aliens in this, where he's like, yeah. not that way, not this way. Yeah. yeah. He's the he calls Barry mom at one point. It's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> so adorable. Affirmative. Mostly, mostly. etc. The vampires, the vampires only come out mostly come out at night. Mostly, mostly. They don't have to. They're not actually vampires. <laughs> mostly. There's a really great line here because um, uh, it's Chet is the kid's name. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Chet. But they're like Chet. Um, you need to come out and show us how to get out of here. And the mom's like, "Fuck no, he doesn't. He's yeah. not going with you." you of lunatics. course, and like then, a mom would not like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna let my like five year old kid show you guys how to get out during this like gang war that we have going on in this fucking tower. Are you kidding me? No way. Absolutely not. No. And then and then at one point Ray Parker Jr. does the same thing that he's been doing through the whole movie. Peels off some. He's like, how about four hundred dollars? Yeah. Or I, I think actually Barry does it because there's a very pointed line where she goes, uh, "No, four hundred dollars can't buy a black boy anymore." Oh yeah, that was. Oh, like, uh, that oh, was yes. a good line. Fuck yes. Yeah, I mean, it, she was right though. In '87, the price had gone up. <laughs> Two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, two hundred thousand dollars. Well, you needed a bottle of Vicodin, and in Mexico, you could probably still get four hundred dollars for one. <laughs> I can get one for you yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, with nail polish. With nail polish. Yeah. Uh, but this what? is where you. This is where <laughs> are you guys talking about? It's a reference. It's a reference. Make sure, not, make sure all of our listeners time. know, because <laughs> that was fucked <laughs> up. You guys are gonna get canceled, and I'm gonna run this podcast. Most people will get the reference. Uh, but anyway, this is where you. <laughs> You'll get the reference, mostly. Uh, this is where we get to like the classic diehard type of shit that uh-huh. has to happen in a movie oh, like yeah. this. this we okay. get an elevator shaft, we for, we everyone. For, we forgot to mention previously that Tony Todd has a henchman, like a second-in-command, whose name is Psycho. His, Psycho. It's his, according to Wikipedia, it's his crazed relative. Yeah. <laughs> it's And Psycho has been in and out of the, uh, of the picture. <laughs> but they he, lo- a, he looks the part. They have a nice confrontation with Psycho that goes on for a long time. He's Psycho. Because not, at, at one point, uh, Psycho meets a fate that you would not think is survivable. <laughs> but indeed, he survives. He's fucking crazy. Because he's, he's fucking crazy. Fucking psycho. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't care how fucking crazy they are. Psycho might actually be crazy enough to explode when sunlight hits. Yes, just, exactly. Yeah, he's, he, he's really nuts. He clearly believes so much that he is indeed the undead. Yeah. That that he can survive like like 
a 50-story fall down an elevator yeah, this shaft. Guy, this guy is on, like, lands. so much meth right now. Like, yeah, seriously. Just, like, fucking... Like, they just injected PCP into his dick, and now he is unstoppable. <laughs> and from the make from the effects that they put on him, like, apparently he landed on his, <laughs> on face, his face when he plummeted yeah. down the ground. They're like, he's got to be dead. Oh. He just has to Unbelievable. be. Unbelievable. He's not. Psycho rules. He, he, he brings a certain je ne sais quoi to this movie. Yes. I li- yeah, because, like, Tony Todd is, they needed a, an even scarier henchman, and Tony Todd is so fucking crazy and over the top, and, and somehow Psycho he, finds the gear. Tony Todd has, the, like, crazy. the sophistication of the cult leader, yeah. and but you need a fucking un, unhinged Psycho's, like, psycho. subverbal. <laughs> like, he's, he's just like a feral creature. He's Chud. He's, he's a basically chud. a chud, um, but yes, yeah, so like he, they push him down the elevator shaft. Like this, like Ray Parker Jr. actually like rigs, like gets in with with his uh, cable guy gear to open up the elevator shaft. Oh yeah, the kid sneak. The kid sneaks out by the way to help these guys. The kid is the kid sneaks out to help them because he's a hero. There's a lot of people finding their their inner yeah. hero in this movie, which is great. Mm, Feeling themselves. They cl- they climb climb down the elevator shaft, which is great. Uh, it really just looks like they shot it in an elevator shaft, and then they were it like, really I don't know. like a James Horner, like a score, you know? I, I think it was just like, cl- I don't know, guys. The actors are just, you're going to just climb down the elevator shaft. Yeah. I mean, do it. Then, and then <laughs> Psycho, have, Psycho the is still like... alive down there, so Psycho Barry has to beat him to death with a baseball bat. <laughs> Finish the job. Barry. You get that the classic so uh, much from you. the classic moments too, where he's like can't stop bashing yeah, him, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, cool it! He's already dead. He's already dead. Calm down, man. You gone too far." Ripley, he's down. <laughs> he's down, Ripley. He's down, Ripley. You'll burn the transaxle. <laughs> uh. <laughs> And then Stacy Dash crawls out the window in the basement and and heads. First of all, she's heading to the police department, but not before she gets chased down the street by some other assholes. It's like eight of them, and they all like bump into each other, and she gets away. And well, they fuck her up pretty good, though. Yeah. And because she gets to the police department, and she is like a mess. Like there's blood all over her. And they're she's like, she's clearly uh, in no. bad shape. And and she's like, help me! There are men trying to kill me. And they're like, hang on fuck a second, you. there, babe. We're busy. We're busy eating these donuts. <laughs> and then they're like, the last time someone called us out, it was a trap and a bunch of our dudes got killed. Yeah, so, so they just arrest her. So, yeah, they're like, yeah, it does show that all the power is cut in your building, but we, we're going to need a little more than that to send our boys in blue out there. It's, yeah. yeah. No, it's like hilariously, they actually go, uh, they, they go, last time we sent people out there, two of our cops died, so... And so we just don't go there anymore. Well, wouldn't that indicate that it seems... Because the police are notoriously feckless when it comes to one of their own being wounded. We don't want to do it because it would be scary. It's like when we did Vacancy and there's the scene where the cop shows up and they kill the cop. And then at the end of the movie when she's sort of like, you know, the bad guys are dead and she calls the police department and they're like, well, we already sent a guy out there. And I'm thinking, he yeah, didn't come back. Did you not? another one. He didn't, he didn't show up again? Did, did you not? Did were you, you not concerned? a little worried when he stopped communicating? Because usually when you go out on a call and then you get back in your car when it's over and you go like, okay, that call's over now. And he didn't do that. I so don't know, anyway. guys. It kind of seems like cops aren't Maybe not great, great at their jobs. <laughs> Maybe not great at their jobs. Some of them must be, but not not these ones. That's a that's a theme in all three of these that is accurate where yes. they're like, where basically everybody what do, in, what are the cops gonna do in these nothing. bad neighborhoods are like the cops are gonna fucking come there's yeah. like a white person always going like well we'll just get the cops and everyone and everyone who lives there is like no you well, won't the co- seattle is dying <laughs> seattle's dying we need we need 800 more cops evidently we for them to do the police you know, 800 cops job. in 1987 was 200,000 cops today <laughs> 200,000 cops i don't think we need to defund the police i think we need to defund them we need to defriend them hmm. i'm gonna unfriend them oh wow that'll show up <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to change our ways. We lost Emily. I don't 
don't know. When you lose Emily Soderback, you lose the nation. It's mm. true. Bad uh, for America. <laughs> uh, but this is this is really funny uh, when the cops are like, like we're not going to help you. But then if you're you kind of, you but we will little, throw you in jail. Yeah, the, they like at a certain point handcuff her. But at one point she's like, I'm not the fucking bad guy. Are you going to handcuff me? And, and then he goes, How do we know you're not a terrorist with a bomb up your bum? Jesus yeah, <laughs> a thing that happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Eventually, I mean, really, how do they know? Eventually, like sh- they they put her in like a interrogation room and like f- are f- finally start listening to her gradually because at the end the cops kind of like show up. Yeah, and that's where it dissipates everything. But we're we're at the basement now, um, and now they're uh, they they've sent Mrs. Dash out to uh, get the cops, and now they basically just have to wait here. And the vampires realize that that's where they are, and then they see that this is a great little suspense moment where they can see the uh, number of the elevator going down. Yes, because mm-hmm. the vampires have realized where they are, um, and they put like a little fence up in front of them, and they're just kind of like, "This is the last stand." Yeah, here it's a little precinct thirteen-ish. It's very this is yeah this is very precinct thirteen. They throw some money out the window. Yeah, to, to distract to distract Kadeem the Hardison. other vampires. That's right, Kadeem Hardison. Brief appearance, Dwayne Wayne. Yes, and you can and you can see him kind of rising above too, because I think that a lot of this stuff is improvised, and you just see him like talking to his friend in a, in a scene that's clearly ad libbed, yeah. and it's like that guy's, yeah, that's a talented actor. <laughs> that's <laughs> that, number that's, one record. That's a guy that can do it. Yeah, uh, he's not in it a whole lot, but you're just sort of like that's a guy who is uh, is going to be an actor. He'll be good. Um, yes, there's a there's a part that I really liked where this is where things are getting very dire. There, I don't remember exactly how they make it outside, but they do. Yeah, somehow. And uh, then, well, it's the money distracts the vampires that are able to get out. Yeah, and, and then they're being chased through the through the courtyard. Through the courtyard. This is we're, we're very close to the end. But at one point, um, Barry is injured, and Ray Park and, and he says to Ray Parker Jr., "If you're expecting me to say you should go on without me, you've seen too many movies." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. really like, oh, Barry. This is a pretty good script. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And they're, but the vampires are basically about to mow them all down. Yeah. But then Elva, or the old lady. Yeah. Pops up with Jan Michael Vincent's light machine gun and just starts spraying the courtyard. You don't actually even see her face. You just know that it's supposed to be her. At a certain point, you do. Like it, <laughs> Later, yeah. yeah. Later on, you, you see an old lady with a machine gun going, <laughs> Yeah. She just starts spraying the courtyard with bullets and uh, stops the good vampires. Good for her. Good for her. And Ray Parker Jr. uses like his last his last bullet to put a hole in, in the count. Yeah. After he screams, I am immortal. Yeah. But that doesn't quite kill him. Now, what kills him is is Barry. Barry pick, hits like hits him in the face with the swing. Yeah, and, oh, and it knocks yeah. him flat, and then he just dies. <laughs> down he goes. Down he goes. Yeah, and it's one of those uh, one of those things where the rest of the gangsters are like, "Oh, we've the, they've cut off the head. What do we do now?" And then all the rest of like the grandma and like other people in the building are like, "We're we're we've had enough from uh, you guys." Apparently, there was an ending that was filmed and cut where like the whole building like rises up against the vampires. Yep, that I mean that's the obvious. It seems like it should go that way. Thing, and it sort of just sort of more seems like just the grandma yeah. does at the end. But I think that that's basically implied is that like the vampires have lost their leader and now the the rest of the people in the building aren't going to be intimidated anymore and it's a happy happy ending all around. Gang versus gangy. Yeah, this is a fun one. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and Barry, everybody's more and or less co- still and then, alive. But then the cops show up and everybody's fine. You know. Mm-hmm. Barry didn't get his commission though. Barry lost. I, I, I bet Barry still has another twelve hundred dollars left. And in, yeah, in like nineteen eighty-seven money, that was like at least two hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand dollars, not too shabby. Uh, let me see if we got any other. Uh, there's, I mean, there's tons and tons of good lines. Oh yeah, there's show. lots of good lines. Um, mm. This is uh, this is what he says. To, 
to the kid that gets him in a lot of hot water at the beginning. I have neither the time nor the patience for any of you kids playing Scarface with me. Yeah. Yeah, that'll get him. Uh, and he's behaving this way, and the, and the guard at one point says to him, are you from Neptune or Vulcan or some such? <laughs> some such. And this is the uh, the old guard, the old man. Old security guard. The old security guard talking about the, the gang situation in the general area. He's like, these the, the, in this building, they're a black gang, and we call them... They call themselves the vampires. Mexican and Puerto Rican gangs call themselves huertes. Whites, hillbillies, call themselves the pig stickers. Oh. The pig stickers. You got to watch out for the... I think that with maybe the they in Judgment Night, we run afoul of the pig stickers. Yeah, I guess so. Me and my fellow pig stickers. I thought those guys were supposed to be like Irish. Yeah. They're also, this movie Irish has stuff. such a cool fucking poster. If you yeah. guys are listening to this, take oh, a moment yeah. to look up the poster. It's fucking rad. I would love to have this poster framed. God, this is this is this might be the best line in the whole movie. I mean, this is the way. This Better is, than the AIDS cat. Uh, well, you you tell me that this is Tony Todd, and he's and once again. Uh, making a speech. This, I think that this is when like, he's got one of the dead bodies and it's sort of a funeral and sort of a rallying cry sort of thing. And he's, when the sun comes up, you all you all will be nothing but marks in the book of the missing. Wow. You all will be nothing LOL. but marks in the book of the missing. He is a fucking great bad guy. He's so, really committed so, to this whole vampire <laughs> thing. <laughs> How did he get this way? Yeah, what's his story? My God. Oh, prequel. <laughs> Listen to this. This is amazing. Who wrote this fucking thing? Nobody rubs an ass dirty finger on the walls of our castle. <laughs> Nobody rubs now, an I've ass dirty finger. I've said that in my own life. That's how in I refer to it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody rubs an ass dirty finger on the walls of my castle. This is more Tony Todd when he's, when he's speechifying to his men. Uh, what's out there for us? They go, nothing. What's in here for us? Everything. So that's that's kind of like how he gets his uh, yeah. his minions. Can you dig it? If we shared if we shared in this prison, we'd all stay weak. That's what the white devils want. Good point. That's what I want. Speechifying. Uh, yeah. I am a white devil. It's just it's, it's eighty seven minutes. Almost all of it is fucking fun it's, shit. Like it this. moves like a bullet, man. It does not stop. It's incredible. Fun movie. And it's it's and it's, it's right there for you on YouTube. Take it. You should take it, but they should put it out on Blu-ray. That would be nice. So yeah. we can get. So the writers of this, uh, Bobby Lydell and Stuart Kaminsky. Bobby Lydell only wrote this. Mm-hmm. Stuart Kaminsky wrote this and another movie that looks pretty cool called Hidden Fears. Ooh. Oh wow! Is that uh, the blue eyes? Is that lady? Meg Foster? Meg Foster. It I think is Meg Foster. Meg Foster. All right. <laughs> Maybe we'll do Hidden Fears. I know. I'm going to add shit. it to the list. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, ratings. Uh, I'm gonna give this three and a half Juds. Um, I, I had a good time watching it. It's a classic of its genre. It's uh, very entertaining, violent, silly. It, it checks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it like a Douglas for all the talk of hole filling and uh, the you know Stacey Dash is just being accosted by those guys on her way out of the building, stuff like that. It's not super sleazy, but, you know, the implication is not pleasant. There's a prostitute at one point. Ah, yes. A classic 80s prostitute where they show up and, and she, like, sees 50 bucks and is like, hey, oh, Mr. Big Oh, that's right. Boy, that's right. Money? I'm a prostitute. And the guy that she's was like, hey. He's like, don't worry, sugar. <laughs> Everybody gets to have sex if they have money. Yeah. Yeah, she's Good not point. exactly the most... <laughs> Well, she's very, I mean, look. <laughs> but this movie is, is, not, is all, dealing in broad caricatures all, all, all down all the line. We're slaves to capitalism, yeah. okay? This is not a subtle movie. Uh... Um, so I'm going to give it one Douglas total. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm going to give a 10 out of 10 cats that give you AIDS. <laughs> and pink eye. And pink eye. AIDS. And cancer. cancer. Pink eye. That kind of shit. That's why you got to shoot him. That's why you got to shoot one every now and then. It's not a good guy. Uh, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it four. I mean, because I saw this like a couple years ago and liked it quite a bit, and then watched it again and liked it more. Like it grows on you. Yeah. It's it's really it's pretty special. I think. Uh, I would love if if the Blu-ray comes out, I'm buying it. I mean, that's wow. I hope that happens. I know. That's yeah. This is a good. This is a. I, this is so fun. This is a good one. I just had. I just had a ball watching this. It's, it's, it's a special movie. Uh, I'll just give it a half, Douglas, for all the stuff mentioned. But there's not much. That's that's like one of the. That's kind of surprising about because this seems like it would be an end of the time where it's like you. It's an R-rated movie. There must be nudity, because that's kind of how they did it in the 80s. But no, yeah, they didn't. They weren't even like. I, these kind of movies, I feel like, can be very rapey. Yeah, and they yeah. D- they weren't. Besides the whole fill-in conversation, you would you if you're watching this just in the and, general. You know, we're not even sure exactly what he meant by that. So yeah, yeah. he could have just meant like just putting <laughs> stuff in there. <laughs> when you <laughs> this is the kind of this is the kind of movie, and this happened all the time in the '80s, where just like people bust in a, on a in a room and people are having sex. You know, like in Commando or whatever. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like just so you can get those boobs. And like and you totally expect that to happen here, but it doesn't. Uh, and I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 uh, wheelchairs thrown at, thrown at Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now who are you going to call, Ray Parker Jr.? Um, I'm going to give this four Judds. Um, I had a lot of fun with this. It was, really, it was good. And I'm going to give it 0. 0.5 or a half, if you will, uh, Douglas. I will. <laughs> for the... Just everything that everyone else said, and I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. Fatal swings at blows to the head. Nice, <laughs> beautiful. Speaking of blows to the head, you'd have to have a couple to enjoy this next movie. Oh come on! <laughs> no, I thought this movie was good. This movie should be so much better. I think it's uh, what pretty this, good. What right does this movie have to it be? It does just what okay? it does, and then it just keeps doing what it does without getting better than what it. I think that the, does. I think that the secret ingredient for me with this movie is Walter Hill. It's his style is very apparent. I like that. I enjoy most of these actors. This movie, I saw this movie like three times in the theater when it came out. I don't love it, but it's always been like a fun movie, and I think it sort of just hits the spot. Does what it does very well. Love seeing Paxton. Love seeing Sadler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Uh, a great ending. You know, just sort of like it kind of just hit the spot for me. I just I will I will stipulate that it could be like an all timer. Yeah. It never gets to that status, but I enjoy it. I I also think it's it comes from an interesting time when like, you know, Zemeckis and Bob Gale and Walter Hill had like this partnership. They were churning out these little genre movies. Yeah. You know, Demon Knight, same thing. Stuff like that, you know. And and I just think that these uh, you know, that sort of the Tales from the Crypt era. Mhm. Where they were focused on making like tight, no frills genre stuff. Yeah. And I just think that this hits the spot. Well, it's called Trespass. Yes. Steven! I think the old guy was confessing. You remember what he said? Who we stole from Christ? I hit it. It's gold, isn't it? Solid gold. I never told to take it. This, my friend, is a treasure map to this desolate place. We're gonna find that gold, Vince, I can smell it. Some come to take what is not theirs. Others to settle a score. Set it up for Saturday. I wanna do it someplace way out where nobody is off the track. What the hell are you doing here? Nothing, I'm just here. Back up! In this world, 
when desperate men meet. We don't want no trouble. We just want my brother back. You come any closer, he's a dead man! Loyalty is the first thing to die. You need to stop thinking with your trigger finger and use your brain. You're gonna get my brother killed. Thank you, seriously, man. Somebody else needs to take off. Originally called Looters while they were filming it, and it came out in 1992, so they changed the title after some social events. Mm. Some sort of thing mm. happened in, in the, the Los in Angeles the early 90s. region in the early 90s. I didn't even think about that. They delayed, yeah. the, they delayed the release, too, and probably fucked with it. In By some the way. way, just anyone with the sound of my voice, there is... There were crew hats because this movie was filmed under the title title Looters. Ugh. There are crew hats that say Looters on them. I want one. If anyone can procure one for me, somebody find Matt that would be amazing. A Looters crew hat, and if you can find three of them, I mean, wow. Yeah, I don't be wear very hats. Appreciative. They're, two, they're two. probably they're probably pricey, not easy to find. Yeah, but uh, I would like one. That would be awesome. Well, just for for my uh, for, to my end, uh, this especially when and I feel the same way. Now, as I did then, this is 1992. It's Ice T. Oh yeah. It's Ice Cube. Oh yeah. It's got this. Uh, it's got a great sound, like hip hop soundtrack. As Bob's Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis wrote it, directed by Walter Hill. I mean, I, this is just you it's, keep. This is like that uh, again, that Vince McMahon thing where you keep on adding the things, and I'm like, oh. It's like it uh, the new better. Wes Anderson movie that's just like 1,000 big name stars. <laughs> yeah, but all the different aspects of the movie, I'm just like, oh my god, this is gonna be fucking crazy. I'm gonna have so much fun, even if it's bad, it's gonna be good. But it's actually pretty ordinary. It's pretty just okay. I feel like I I was like. I, li- I started liking it and I got excited about it and then it just kind of like stayed very level for me throughout, yeah. which is not bad and I, I wasn't upset with it at all, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's like a two and a half, I mean, no spoiler for my rating or whatever, but it's just so right down the, down the middle. It should be, it should, I should be having my brain melted by this fucking thing. And I, and I, I feel really the, like I remember Walter f- Hill's style. I think that's what sells it for me. Like, every time somebody gets punched, did you notice there's a gunshot sound effect? Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's all very, it's like, <laughs> The, like everything's super loud. The way that he shoots a lot of a lot of canted angles, a lot of snap zoom stuff like that. Yeah, you know, uh, there's it's brutally violent in spots. Yeah, uh, I don't know, just into it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I'm not gonna say it's bad. It's good, but it, I would maybe I wanted more. I hear you. I wouldn't put I it totally in my. I wouldn't more. put it in my top five Walter Hill movies at all. I would, what not are your even go close. top five Walter? Ooh, Hill. I don't know. Probably Streets of Fire number one. Mm. Wow. Oh, that movie's a masterpiece. Um. Extreme Prejudice is in there somewhere. Southern Comfort, probably. Mm. You know, uh, I'd have to think hard. But this would not make my yeah. top five. What's the one with Charles Bronson as a boxer? Hard Times. Hard Great times. film. That's probably my favorite. Yeah. I haven't seen all of Walter Hill. You want to you watch a 90-minute fucking bullet of a oh, movie? Oh, that movie fucking... Hard Times. That movie rips. Holy it's shit. great. Have I seen Hard Times? Oh, my God. I don't know anymore. That's one of his first films. Yeah, I think it might be his first. Yeah. Uh, highly, highly recommend that movie. Uh, especially if you like Charles But, man, Charles Streets Rock. of Fire, like, I can't get enough of that. I watch that three, four times a year. It's a great movie. It's a hell of a picture. Anyway. Uh, this movie begins... Uh, and first, it begins, like, you see East St. Louis, and it says East St. Louis, so you know we're in for some shit. Mm-hmm. This is during <laughs> the time, and I think it persists to this day, where East St. Louis was a really punching above its name recognition class as a scary city, Saint a scary Louis. place. It was always like Detroit was number one, probably maybe L.A., and then uh, East St. Louis was always kind of like around. Chicago hadn't worked its way up to the top yet, but Chicago got there. Um, but yeah, I remember they, like the Simpsons made several jokes about yeah. East St. Louis. Is there any other St. Louis? <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I'm sure this movie was very formative for Nelly. Uh <laughs> Wow. Well, 
<laughs> Anyways, um, we're in a flaming uh, building. Yes. Two firefighters. William Sadler and Bill Paxton. Best they're, they're firefighting in, uh, friends. We, we we start with in East St. Louis with, with some like videotape of crimes happening and stuff. The videotape is, is a theme that runs through the whole thing, and yes. then we cut to. The, I the, love the, this part of the, the movie, firefighters. The, videotapes. Yeah, the yeah. guy uh, who's just videotaping. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Are you taking notes on a criminal conspiracy. <laughs> that, that culminates in a very amusing fashion. Yeah, it does. does. But uh, but yes, Bill Pullman. Uh, Bill. Fucking hell. Bill Paxton and William Sadler. These are both guys whose names I'm going to have a hard time with. Okay. Uh, William Sadler. And I love both of them, but their names are similar to other people's names. Sorry. Uh, William Sadler are firefighters. They're in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're in a burning building. As soon as you see these shots of just like people in a burning, like they've got the fire, you know know how much is involved in getting these sorts of you're just like hot damn, a real movie. Especially when someone is on fire, too. Yeah. yeah. Because like that is. That's a couple Incredible. days. That's a couple days, and it's yeah. a, a chunk of budget. Good shit. But it's just some old dude, and he's and like for some reason he's just sort of like I have a map. Uh, he said I stole I stole from Jesus. Yeah. Yes. But he he like it's he stole all this gold from a church and he stashed it supposedly in this abandoned building in St. Louis. And drew a treasure map. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think and, I don't know if the building was abandoned. It. it was 50 years ago. And then he seems repentant of it now and before he burns him, basically jumps into the fire and burns himself alive, he gives him like yeah. the treasure map. A treasure it's map a and, a, and a couple news articles for context. It's a thing <laughs> that totally makes sense and would happen. This yeah. happen, this actually happens quite a, like firefighters Almost every firefighters day. get treasure maps. That's why all they're the time. so rich. Yeah, my <laughs> dad has like a load of treasure maps just like in his room. Yeah. He's just too lazy to go. What do you do with all the do you sell like the the bejeweled cups? What do you do with them? I don't. I don't know. This, this, they've like, cause there's like the you see treasure in this movie, and it's like bejeweled flagons, you like melt, gold goblets. You melt and them stuff. down. You go to a you go to a pawn shop. Make tea. Make fake teeth out of them. There you go. This is the cup of a carpenter. Ding. Yeah. Uh, yes. But we don't find it. We don't find the stuff yet. They've got no. the map, and they and they know that it's in uh, East St. Louis. So they're going to take a couple days vacation, presumably. Dude, yeah. Th- what I love about this movie is that we get straight fucking into it. Yeah. We just yeah. we just go. I was like expecting a lot more like context. Like we were going to see some home I life mean, from one from of the, the two writers guys. Of Back to the Future. And like I was like, oh, we're going to like get to know their relationship more. But like after this fire, next thing you know, they're in the car on their way to St. Uh-huh. Louis. And William Sadler is immediately like, don't you fucking tell my wife about this shit. She's not getting one thin dime of my treasure. <laughs> they're right out of the gate, you know. We're like that- on it. Yeah. yeah, right out of the gate, you know that Bill Paxton is going to be like the the moral center, well, and and yeah. William Sadler Doofy. is going to be the like green-eyed monster, yeah. Humphrey Bogart I mean, and Treasure of Sierra Madre. This movie is Treasure of the Sierra Madre. But basically. Bill Paxton, yeah. he yeah, he maybe he has the the better moral compass or whatever, but he's goddamn stupid as fuck in this <laughs> movie. <laughs> he is such a doofus in this movie. He's just <laughs> such a baby doofus. It's a it's a classic Bill Ca- Bill Paxton yes. character. All right, we'll just go get some. <laughs> we're gonna go get this gold. All right, and he and he's kind of like like William Sadler is kind of like the leader of the of the two. And if and if you're like being led by this by this bitter weirdo, then you you know you're probably a little a little weak in the head somewhere. He's just so gullible and, and naive. <laughs> he's pretty he's pretty dopey, but he's decent at his core. And William Sadler yeah. is very much not. Oh, of course. Um, the music in this movie, by the way, is by Rye Cooter. Yes, Ry Cooter, who did the music for a lot of Walter Hill's movies. Ry Cooter is a, a, a name that lives in infamy for me. 
he did the music um, for a movie called Crossroads. Yeah, Walter Hill. Walter Hill uh, with Ralph Macchio. That is not an action movie. It's about Ralph Macchio being a guitar and mm-hmm. selling your soul to the devil to play that, that kind of shit. Mm. Anyways, Ry Cooter did the movie, did the music to this, and my dad watched this movie, and my dad went fucking crazy for Ry Cooter, mm-hmm. and this lasted for years. <laughs> when I was when I was like 11, whenever Crossroads came out for, for like 5 years in the, in my house, nothing but goddamn Ry Cooter, <laughs> which is all the same shit. Like white dude blues. Yeah. Fucking sucks. Ry Cooter also did this uh, did some music for the movie Broken Arrow, and the, the the guitar riff that he did for Broken Arrow is Dewey's theme from the Scream movies. Aww. You wow. know what I'm talking about now? Yeah, kind of. There you yeah. go. That was yes. written for Broken Arrow. Right, Cooter's uh, rightly, rightfully a legend. Mm-hmm. I just have bitterness uh, for, towards him for my own personal reasons. I had to listen to a thousand fucking hours. Did you worth immediately of this music. recognize it when it when this? Kind or was it just that his credit does, came does, up and honestly, you were like, oh no? I, I, yeah, I, I just yeah. see those words and sh- and quiver a little bit, like oh, oh god. <laughs> the, uh, the the car trips uh, that I had to take. Like, oh Craig, here's another song that sounds exactly like all the other ones. Woo! God damn. It just never stops. It just always sounds like the backing band of the Double Deuce. <laughs> but this, but it, but that's not what the, the score for this is. Like, Ray Cooter's doing an actual score. Yes, it's actually pretty good. Also, uh, I just wanted to point out before we move too far in this, there's another Bill Paxton movie that came out this year, One False Move. So he did this and One False Move in the same year. And he and he uh, One False Move also takes place in Arkansas. Yes. Fascinating. Mm. Anyway, back to Ray Cooter. The Bill Paxton Arkansas year. Um Yes, back, back, back to Ray Cooter. But the but the score for this mu- mu- movie is actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, um, but yes, they drive out to this uh, slum. This was shot in Memphis, Tennessee, uh-huh. and this was like an old factory or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it is not really a neighborhood. Oh, I, I also wanted to point out that another movie that Bill Paxton was in was called The Vagrant. Uh-huh. And there are some that movie those. fucking rules. It's in the staff pick section right now for me at Scarecrow. <laughs> did you watch that because of uh, because of the other movie we did that was written by the? I don't know why Baker I watched guy? it. I just because uh, we watched uh, what, it was for the last episode we did, and we, one of the movies was written. No, by I watched the, the, Vagrant the Vagrant a long time ago. Oh, okay. But uh, excellent, fun movie. Check it out. And we were like, this movie was supposed to be a comedy. It was Cold Creek Manor. Cold Creek Manor. Oh, yeah. Written yeah. by the writer of The Vagrant. That's yeah. right. CCM. Yeah. Uh, but there's a vagrant in this movie that Bill Paxton has to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's the and it's the uh, the deputy airport guy from Die Hard 2. The bastard that this yeah. will never know. <laughs> it's like three, Adam Walker. three Die Hard veterans in this movie. Well, yeah. Fucking great. Hmm. Uh, wait, three hard, three diehard two veterans in this movie, I believe. Uh, it is Sadler, Sadler, and the guy who plays the vagrant. Yeah, and then, uh, God damn it, who's the other one? Someone else. All right, <laughs> I know, I know that. There's oh no, someone else. it's uh, it's Argyle from the first. Argyle, one. thank you. Yeah. yeah, Argyle, very much from the Deborah first. Deborah White. So they have this map, and they're they think they've got the place uh, around where this treasure should be hidden. So they're kind of they're using this metal detector, but every time that it beeps, and they they dig up the floor it just ends up being some old pipes and so they're getting frustrated but uh sadler's like we're not fucking leaving until we find this treasure and then um out from behind a corner uh, comes this guy that lives there Mm -hmm. and he's like like, what are you guys doing doing on my floors (laughs) bradley (laughs) yes bradley uh he's great and he's great in die hard too he's great in this yeah uh, he's kind of he's kind of the conscience of this movie in a way. Oh, absolutely. He's the, there's not a lot of likable people in this movie. No. It's, it's that kind of thing where like kind of assholes duke it out yeah. with each other. But they immediately like tie him up because they don't want him telling anybody about the treasure. Yeah. 
he's like, get out of my house. And they're like, ah, They're shit. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, better, we better tie him up. We better tie him up. Uh, and this is all this is all Sadler's playing. Sadler's pretty much psycho from the get-go. Yeah, he doesn't. He gets unhinged pretty quickly. But, but before we meet Bradley, um, we get one ominous thing where they walk into a room in this place and there's a guy hanging there. Yes. And they're like, oh, it smells. <laughs> Sadler goes, rats must have chewed his face, his hands, too. And we're like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's chew his face and hands. Sit down. <laughs> the rats had a weird plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were looking for meat for their French restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they actually controlled a guy with his hair to eat the fr- the face and the hands. Yeah. It wasn't the rats. And Bill Paxton, this is the first moment of Game Over Man, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton's very much in Game he's Over Man mode. He's pretty much in it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And this is the first, oh, man, a dead body. Game Maybe we should man. get out of here, Game man. Over, let's get out of here. He's right. He's 100% right every time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, th- I think... Uh, <laughs> Sadler has debts and yeah. probably has, there's probably gangsters after him or something. He seems pretty irresponsible. Yeah, he's with not money. not doing too good, and he's you know <laughs> he's in, he's in the middle of a contentious divorce. Oh, this is this is uh, speaking of which, this is his line. This is pretty early on in the movie. I got mortgage payments on a house I just got kicked out of, plus my own rent money, which they just jacked up on me, plus fucking taxes that get higher every year, just so guys like him, referring to Bradley, can keep eating without doing any work. Yeah. So that's Sadler. Good point. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, he's right. The rent's too damn high. Mega populism. These people are eating my jobs. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's amazing. <laughs> So that's his deal. You could, you just want Bill Paxton to go like, "Oh shit, man! Why am I friends with you? Oh no, <laughs> this is gonna be bad." How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? Is this another bug hunt? This is another oh. bug hunter stand up fight, sir. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, damn it, Don. We're getting in awful deep. This is really early on. It just keeps it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Um, <laughs> but at a certain point. Um, Ice T is the gang leader. J- he's KJ. He's K- King, King James. James. And his kind of like hot headed right hand man is Ice Cube, Ice Cube. who plays Savon. Mm-hmm. Savon drugs. And uh <laughs> and they're they they have got their own struggle that they're dealing with that's goose. Yes. And the, and they're and this is this isn't where like any of them live. Only Bradley lives here. This right. is a completely abandoned plot of land and building. And this is where they go to like do their this is like that. They're nefarious drug dealing deeds. It's like that building in in the wire where they yeah, use yeah. the nail gun to board up bodies and shit. Yeah. Um, and so they're dealing with Goose on the rooftop, mm-hmm. and Ice T's brother is Argyle. Yes. And he's a junkie, mm-hmm. and then there's just there's just some sort of stuff dealing with Goose. I think. And one of them keeps videotaping everything. And one of them is, is a videographer. Yeah. That that they work in pretty pretty effectively. At I times. guess they're making a documentary about themselves or something. I, I don't know. I, or he just got a camera. It was like this is yeah, cool. I think that's it. Um, but the, this business on the rooftop ends in some unpleasantness. Uh, they do. There's a lot of people falling off of roofs. And it's roofs, it's really roofs. good looking when they do. It's Walter Hill, man. The, yeah. the stunt work is actually it's quite super good, quite impressive. Like slow mo people falling off buildings. I yeah, mean, yeah. I love it. It's crashing through glass and shit. And like the bodies, awesome. the dummies when the bodies hit the hit the ground are really effective because they like smash into the ground and they they like bounce. Really good cut here. Like I had to had to go back. I mean, it's yeah. obvious, but at the same time, it's very effectively done. Where the guy falls through the window and you're like, real. And then and then the body and then the body hits yeah that's like a cut lands there, back and, and you're like oh, wait no a stunt man would never do that but like you kind of don't notice it the first yeah, time it's, it's super good it's pretty awesome 
And so Goose is dead, and Bill Paxton. <laughs> As, as oh shit, man! You as, see that? As Emily pointed out, not the brightest, not the sharpest knife in the in the drawer. Was that a real guy? <laughs> He's just basically, hey, what do you guys do? You guys just kill a guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! We don't want any trouble. What are y'all doing up here? Hey, <laughs> you guys killing people? I'm gonna call the cops on you. That's bad. We brought some cold beers. You want? You guys want to split a couple of frosty tall boys? <laughs> Bottle of suds make you feel like a man. <laughs> make you feel like a man. <laughs> Speaking of William Sadler, um, yes, and so. And so that there you go, that's the precipitation. And then immediately thing. these guys are like, "What are these white boys doing?" And you know, are you are you spies? Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, he accuses them of being a spy. Well, they're having some kind of rivalry with another gang because at the beginning of the movie we see them kill somebody. Yeah. On video, you know. Yeah, and that that had to do with the goose business. It's yeah. just some some various gang shit that's going on. But it all, but the well the, at one point don't call them a gang because at one point Bell Pax is like, I don't want any trouble with you gang with you guys in a gang and and. <laughs> Ice T is like, I'm not in a gang. I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. <laughs> We're just friends. <laughs> oh man, Ice T is like dressed to the night. He's wearing oh. a suit. He looks. He's giving me like Tombstone. He's like very like. He's like a Western gentleman vibe. And they've, they've got a they've got a third henchman who's dressed like uh like he just escaped from a Janet Jackson video. Yes. <laughs> like he's got the like arm. He's got like epaulets on and stuff and the shoulder pads. <laughs> they look great. Ice, yeah. Ice oh, he Cube, looks great. Everybody Ice looks Cube great. Is wearing Everyone a looks great. Cube has a beret. Uh-huh. And, he, and, and a he grill. They are so... Par- like, His hair is just perfectly combed back yeah. and then curly at the bottom. Yeah. It's Ice T and Ice Cube in 1992. I know. It's perfect. I should love this movie. Can you imagine the partying that went on with between those two guys, oh, man? God. Oh, Jesus I remember the, the, seeing a behind-the-scenes video um, of like the making of Trespass that was on like MTV or something like that, and Ice T and Ice Cube were like being interviewed together. Mm-hmm. This is better than the movie, honestly. And they're <laughs> and they're so fucking funny, and they're going like, we we wanted to get paid in bullets, like we didn't care how much they paid us in money. We just wanted to, the guns to have cool guns and shoot a bunch yeah. of. And they were oh, man. And this is like I'm sure I should, they had a I should love this. this movie. This is also like it's hard it's hard to remember that you know like Ice Cube has now become a family TV star. Ice T has been on Law and Order for fucking two decades. This is like post NWA body count. Yeah, LA rides. Like these guys were badasses back they, they then. They were fucking dangerous. Yeah, I mean Ice T was wildly Legit controversial. Controversial. Yeah, I was talking with with Corey about this, like about how, and this is this obviously the sort of stuff that continues to this day. But like, fl- just this free floating, uh, completely ignorant controversy sort of thing. Yes, because like a lot of people would be like, Ice T's most was controversial for a lot of things, but the big one was Cop Killer, cop the killer. song the they body did count with song. the band called yeah. Body Count, and people would go, that fucking rap song. Mm-hmm. Cop killer immediately going like immediately telegraphing they have not heard the no, song. No, yeah. yeah, exactly. It is a heavy metal song. <laughs> yeah. It is a rock song. And they'd be like, that fucking rap song, body count, do with the rappers yeah. rapping about killing cops. Like you haven't heard it. You're telling me right now you've not heard you're not, you're mad, you wrote an article, you haven't even heard the song. Get, get out of here, Tipper Gore. <laughs> Seriously, fuck off, Tipper Gore. God damn. What kind of a name is Tipper anyway? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Legit metal band too. Yeah. Respected in the metal community. Indeed. Uh, but Ice-T, uh, I think Predator came out around this time, My too. favorite rap album of all time. A fucking masterpiece. Yes. Uh, when Will They Shoot, my favorite rap song probably, of all time. It's uh, in the top five greatest rap songs of all time, I would have to say. And Ice, Ice Cube like meant something at yep. this time. I think he's pretty weird now. I mean, he's always had some questionable opinions. <laughs> uh, Is he weird now? What's his vibe now? He, a little conspiracy theory 
aliens. I just saw him. I rewatched uh, Twenty One Jump Street the other day, which is a really funny movie. He's very funny in those and movies, uh, yeah. he's great in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Ice Ice Cube's great, but you know, he's got some questionable beliefs. I, I, I mean, wouldn't, I wouldn't. What, if you like Ice Cube, look, I wouldn't look into it. He's been hanging out, smoking weed, <laughs> and watching Ancient Aliens for a couple years now. Let him, let him go. Let him yeah. have fun. He deserves a break. That sounds fine. Yeah, Ice Cube deserves a rest. There was always there was always that strain with Ice Cube. You always have to deal with that. Like he had songs about like disparaging Koreans and oh yeah, early on. It's like Ice Cube's always been a little like, problematic. There's always been like I love Ice Cube, but ugh, yeah. you know sort of thing. But man, he's fucking well, peak, he's peak Ice Cube in this. Uh, he gets to be the you know he's he's the not calm one. And Ice T is constantly wanting to go like, well, let's let's negotiate with him. And Ice Cube's just let's fucking burn the. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ice T is like oh, yeah, he literally wants to burn it all down. Ice T is suggesting that Cube check himself before he wreck himself. <laughs> but Ice Cube is not in the habit of taking his own advice. This is the line that very succinctly sums up Ice Cube's and Ice T's. And this is what Ice Cube says to Ice T: "You want to talk? I want to burn." Yeah. There you go. Exactly. That's those two. Um, did we talk about Cletus with the the shoes with a knife, the knife cleats? That's Debo. Debo. Tiny yeah, Lister. Tiny Lister Jr. His name is, it's Debo, it's not Cletus? With no, 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 Debo, is, he plays Debo on Friday. Okay. His name is Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. Okay. He's also oh, yeah, in yeah, Jackie yeah, yeah, Brown yeah. and Fifth Element. He's also, stuff. His also character's Zeus. name is Zeus. Cletus. Yeah. He's wearing cleats with little knives on the bottom. Uh-huh. That's, that's so fucking cool. It's fun. It's so fun. It's fun stuff. Hey, check out his shoes. And then he's just like... <laughs> But basically now, like now, now these guys are laying siege to the building because they want to know what's going on with William Sadler and Bill Paxton. Well, they yeah, but also they know that Paxton witnessed them, them pushing the guy, guy off the roof, off the roof. and That's so right. they're like, "Well, fuck! These guys are totally going to go to the cops." Yeah. yeah and then, and not until later, did they find out that they're actually looking for, for treasure. treasure. Yeah, for treasure. Treasure. So, so now, eighty percent of of their of Bill Paxton and William Sadler's energy is devoted to like avoiding or getting out alive, but they're still occasionally looking for the treasure. Because they got the map, and the map doesn't seem to work correctly. Yeah. They've got a metal detector. So this is also, like every once in a while, when there's like a lull in the uh, we're terrified for our lives action, they'll be like, maybe let's look around for that <laughs> yeah. for that treasure a little bit. We got a, a little time here. Hey, do you guys know where the treasure's at? Because... <laughs> uh... <laughs> At one point, they put a board over to a cat a uh, board over to a catwalk, and like they're gonna walk across. Oh yeah, it. they yeah. do the old and scream six. This does happen in Judgment. <laughs> that night. happens in Judgment Night as well. I love this kind of stuff, and I was like, oh boy, here the we old go. Scream six, and the old the, movie that came out four months the ago. The old Scream six <laughs> <Yeah>. maneuver. <laughs> but they're just about to get on the board, and I like this kind of shit when people walk on rickety things, and then the, somebody <laughs> just Travis goes nuts for it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Somebody immediately like shoots it out, and is yeah. like, oh, I guess we don't get that. All right, yeah, great. Too bad. Boom. It's one of the one of the many times in this where this movie subtly disappoints me yeah as we're going along uh so we're oh we're back in the room again all right i guess we'll just stay here the whole movie. <laughs> that's kind of maybe one of my problems with it is it just really stays in the one in the same spot the uh the the gang the gangsters come up with an ingenious plan for well first they call their friend raymond yeah and raymond's got a bunch of guns yeah and they've got this ingenious plan that they're gonna dress up one of themselves as a police officer and then have him pretend to be a cop to draw out mm. Paxton and Sadler. Yes. Which almost works. These dumb motherfuckers. Yeah. Because Bill Paxton's <laughs> like, hey, man, <laughs> hey, there's a cop for here. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Mr. Police Officer. It's me, Bill Paxton, up here. How you doing? A couple white people here. Hey, do you want a beer? There's actually a really funny part where um, um, the one guy, the one gangster guy is on a, uh, a megaphone. Yeah. 
and he's pretending to be a oh, cop. Oh, he's having so much fun. And he's, he goes, stop, this is the police. He's doing that voice. And he goes, you there, N-word, yeah. freeze. And then he, and then and he breaks away and starts laughing. Yeah, he's smiling while he's doing his... You're not you're gonna like, fall for the banana of the tailpipe? Yeah. I'm sorry, that's just funny to me. This is funny to me. I'm sorry. That's, I find that kind of thing funny. Um, uh, when I was in the bathroom, did you guys talk about the guy that's filming everything on his camcorder? We mentioned yeah. that, yes. Named Vid- his name is Video. Yes. And he is filming every he's filming everything in a way that's very like real world, like confessional style. Yes. Like he'll be filming and I see he'll be like, Yeah, I don't know about this one guy that we have on our team. Like it's like it's I, like almost <laughs> that he's like making a sh- like he's literally making a documentary. A show. Yeah. And I really like the parts where they're like they're chasing they're chasing like Bill Paxton or William Sadler around somewhere. And like video is following They're whoever's like video, doing put the chasing, down the camcorder. but he's got a little he's got a little monitor that he carries with himself. So they'll like they'll be running down some stairs. He'll be like, "I'm getting some really good shit here. You should look at this footage." <laughs> it's really funny. It's really great. But it also give, gives him an excuse to kind of like perform in front of the camera and, and, it, and do things. And that maybe it also these gives Hill a stylistic excuse to cut to the grainy bl- right, black and white right. video footage, which just looks really cool. Absolutely. And I wanted to uh, wanted to point out that apparently um, Walter Hill smartly. I mean, you can only imagine how Bob Gale and, and yeah. Robert Zemeckis wrote some of these characters, these right. black characters. Yeah. I would love to see that screenplay. Look, yeah. look, well, I mean, Jack, it was called Looters. Look, Jack, let's go listen to some of that awful rap music that we like. <laughs> you know, like whatever kind of like a white, like old, yeah. middle-aged white people would write. Um, and so apparently Walter Hill... Like, I don't know. I bet Zemeckis really has his finger on the pulse there. <laughs> he seems pretty hip. Seems pretty hip. Uh <laughs> But apparently, like in, like any time, Ice T or Ice Cube or or any of these guys were like, I wouldn't say it that, and he he would just go, yeah, we'll say it the way you'd say, say it. it the way you'd I say. I don't fucking yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I think there's a lot of like riffing, and stuff that uh, Ice T and Ice Cube are, are writing for themselves. And at one point, Ice T, because he likes to just talk to the camera. I think Ice Cube kind of like, what are you doing with that camera? Get that fucking camera yeah. out of here. And Ice T's kind of like, hey. I, a little chance for me to tee off and opine a little bit about yeah, stuff. Yeah. So they have different reactions, but he's like, you got to be philosophical <laughs> philosophical about this shit. It's all crazy, but as long as you know it's crazy, you're all right. The white man makes dope, right? Then he gives it to us. Then he wants to buy it from us. Then he puts us in jail when we sell it to him. Don't make no fucking sense. you like, classic. Cool, cool iced tea shit love like that this. Shit. I love that shit. Again, you know, should love this movie more. I love this anti-capitalist streak here. And around, and around this time... We get a song called I Checks My Bank mm. by a little performer. A little sir. From the Seattle area mm-hmm. called Sir Mix-a-Lot. That's right. And it's not the last time that we're going to be talking about Sir Mix-a-Lot in this episode. We're on this series, this whole <laughs> podcast. Like <laughs> I man, hope not. The beloved Seattle icon, Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot. There's real stasis here. There's this chunk in the middle where they're, they're stuck it in the It slows down in the, the middle, place. Yeah. And it, I find it very slow. They're not going. Like that, that catwalk scene, it just kind of sums it up. We're like, oh, here's another thing. The cat. Nope. Never mind. We're not. We're not doing that. So there's a lot of just sort of hanging out. Yeah. And like it, we, the part where they're pretending to be cops. Yeah. Or that, that that's like two minutes. This yeah. Is like less than two, and then that's over. Back to same. Back to status quo. They look like. Well, uh, they've also got a sharpshooter. Yeah. It, oh, and he is Glenn Plummer. It's Glenn Plummer. <laughs> it's Tune Man. Tune Man. Showgirls. Glenn Plummer. Get, get me a beer, bitch. Glenn yeah. Plummer. Uh, fantastic. He was a sniper in the army, I believe. He mm-hmm. says, uh, but he's not very good. <laughs> he's lost. <laughs> he's lost some of his chops. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Argyle, they've got Argyle uh, tied up in front of the door. So mm-hmm. if they try to break the door down, as Sadler points out, if you try to shoot through, you'll kill him. If you try to break the door down, you'll rip his arms out of their sockets. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> and then and during this whole time, I thought this was funny. 
because they find like his junk in his fanny pack. Yeah, it's got some kind of a junkie. And at a certain point, Argyle's like, Ugh. "Did you and notice that he has like a full medical kit?" Yeah, oh yeah. It's got like <laughs> it's, he's got like a like little scissors and a inner tube and everything. It's like real nice. It's yeah. sanitary. I'm impressed. He went to the needle exchange that day and got some good stuff. <laughs> he's all kitted out. Yeah. But I really thought that they were gonna. And once when you see the actual kit, you I think that's off the table. But it would have been fun. And I'm kind of surprised they didn't do this or for him to just be diabetic. And they're like, I think he's some kind of a junkie. And then he's like, no, he's going into diabetic shock. Oh, yeah. And then you have to give him his, but it's actually maybe a little bit more, take your pick. Because he's going into some sort of junkie situation. He's like, yeah. I'm going to fucking yeah. die if you guys don't shoot me up with heroin right now. So he has to, like, talk them through the process of, like. Yeah, this yeah. was a, re- I thought this was a really scary scene. Because you think that he's going to, he's going to, like, when he's, like, begging him to, to not like shoot it into his own arm he wants to do it yes. himself and he's like no i got it and he's like you're not you don't know what you're doing you're gonna I, fuck I, up the vein i thought that was like really suspenseful and scary i was I like dude sincerely... how terrible would that be to be tied up and someone oh, yeah. is and you know how to do it right right and someone is just fucking willy-nilly with a needle and and what could easily kill you oh god do you believe like... do you believe as the daughter of a firefighter and the best friend of a firefighter <laughs> yeah, dude, that that they would not know how to administer an injection in the field no, they would know how to administer They get an EMT injection. training. Yeah. They have to have yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. But for heroin? But for how much the dosage of heroin, though? Maybe not, but I think you'd know. Because they do they do give it to you in little baggies, you know what I mean? Yeah, but... It'd, it'd be but, okay. But also, I mean, he it's... He's off his rock. He's like right. a bad guy. So it's like, you don't, you're not going to yes. trust this guy. Even if he was a firefighter, it's not like he's trying to... You don't... You don't know for a fact he's actually trying to help you. Right. No, that's yeah. true. That's and he true. does that's seem it. suspicious yeah. when he's doing this. That he, at a certain point, he's like got the needle, and he's like, "Bill Paxton, you go over there and help, uh, help." Because this, they found the. Gold I mean, at I this thought, point. Yeah. 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 By the way, at this point, they did find the gold uh, in the ceiling. Right. The map was a and map like, of the ceiling instead of a map of the floor. Blah blah blah. And it literally is like bejeweled goblets. It's and goblets. Stuff. It's oh, the, yeah, the goblets from <laughs> from Indiana Jones and the Last. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the ones that they could cross the seal with. <laughs> and this is a truly a cup for the King of Kings. Yeah. And uh, so William Sadler is about to inject uh, Lucky with this heroin, and eventually Lucky convinces him to let him do it. So he unties one of his arms and he takes it and he's 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 standing there with the thing and Sadler's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm waiting for the vein to pop up. And then super quick, he stabs him in the neck with the syringe. Oh, God. Yeah, what a way to go, uh, though. Huh? Not bad. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go, do it with And a, he doesn't go right away, does he? Shot no, up. he gets shot later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gets shot. He's, 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 he's really drugged up for the rest of the He's yeah. pretty fucked up for a while, but then he's uh, apparently capable of picking up a gun at the end in, in, in a very uneventful, and dies off in a very uneventful fashion. But yes. I, I guess we'll get to it. Uh, so now they have their gold. Um, Bradley is kind of like, they've untied Bradley, and he's kind of like an ally. Yeah. Paxton's been very nice to him. Well... Much ni- nicer to him, much nicer to him than William Sadler. Yeah. He keeps just, going like, "Hey, man, just let's let him go." Yeah, he seems cool. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you want a beer? <laughs> Sadler's like, "How about we just kill him instead?" They're very different kinds of people. Yeah, uh, they probably should. He probably shouldn't have had an ally. Shouldn't they're not. Been, they're, yeah, they don't seem like they're good friends. <laughs> um. But yes, and so, and so Bradley's kind of like more on there, and he's in Bradley's kind of like, if I get out of here, these guys are going to kill me too. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They kind of address that later on, where yeah. like once once the like all at a certain point like it's all havoc. Yes, uh, they've they've started a fire in the building. Uh, they're starting to go more ice cubes route. 
Yes. Oh, Argyle's also been shot. Yes. But this he gets shot by Glenn Plummer. Because mm -hmm. Glenn Accidentally. Accidentally, because he's trying to shoot one of the guys that he's struggling with. Yeah, he's he not shoots. so lucky anymore. It's pretty funny. Hello. I thought it was funny. Yeah, that's right. Ice Cube says that. <laughs> he ain't lucky no more. So, Good stuff. Uh, somebody's got to say it. Uh, but it's really funny that Glenn Plummer is, like, honest about this. Yeah. He's the only one who sees that he shot this person. He could easily just go, like, oh. Uh, they did it. Like, they're not going to do forensics. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like, But he, instead, he's like, I, I accidentally killed him. I didn't him. know he's there. Sorry. Tell, <laughs> tell him that I did it and that I'm sorry. Yeah. Tell King James that I shot his brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. And I, I think he just runs away. And I, think I didn't he, mean it. I think he survives. He survives the night, as far as I know. Um. And so now, now Ice T is really mad. The buildings are the building is it's burning on fire down. Collapsing. Everything's collapsing. Oh, they they smash video's camera. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he goes, "Show's canceled, punk." <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, see, that's great. This is what happens when you take seven strangers, pick to live in a building, <laughs> and dig for treasure, <laughs> and start getting real. At one point, uh, Bill Paxton repels Die Hard style down a building, and you get a cool stunt of a guy like flailing through a window because yep. people are shooting at him. It's just a lot of like havoc that's been going on. Um, uh, one of the like the guy who had the guns, I believe, Raymond, figures out that um, that th this was about gold. Mm -hmm. He finds the articles in their car. Yeah. Don't leave your don't leave the articles. Oh, yeah, he's in wearing your car. this like flashy blue outfit too. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a lot of people very well. Yeah, if dressed. you live in the city, they tell you don't leave anything in the car. Don't it's certainly not old articles. Yeah. from fifty years ago, uh, and he finds out that it's about gold, and then Ice Cube kind of like it gets in that now they've got their own little side gig where they're going to yes. get the gold from them as well. And at this point, Ice T is just in it for the revenge because mm -hmm. his brother's dead now. He's not very happy about that, and so everybody's just sort of like scrambling. Uh, Bradley has the big bag full of gold that they're having him carry for them, and they're and, and this is where it's, it's really a large bag of gold. That's probably very heavy. <laughs> Those goblets, if they are gold, the they whole probably thing. are like three pounds each. Yeah. Jeez, the whole Christ. thing is just full of metal, and he's like, there we yeah. go. it's a huge double. I, bag I think full at of one it. point someone's like, "Is that a bag full of gold?" And he's like, "No, no, <laughs> this is just my stuff." No. <laughs> No Not bag. at all. It's just like jangling in the back. <laughs> sounds no. like a, it sure sounds like a bag of gold. Is that a bunch of gold goblets and coins? No. Is that no. The, is that the cup of a carpenter? <laughs> um, but it, yeah, this is pretty slap. I felt like uh, the ending was pretty slapdash. Oh man, I think how it's does cool. King James die? Well, he and uh, he and William Sadler get into a mutual shootout and shoot each other. Yeah, and two, then someone okay, two, two two duos get into mutual shootouts where they kill each other. It happens one after another. Someone tries to call King James on the phone, and uh, in a in a very Taylor Swift fashion, whoever answers says, "No, King James can't come to the phone right now. He's dead. That's why." Yep. And if you're a, a Taylor Swift fan, you know, in in one of her songs, she goes, "Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's dead." Oh, and uh, wow. I immediately took those parallels and Tay -tay. <laughs> loved them. Pretty outrageous stuff. Uh, so it's one of the many things that this uh, movie has I in thought, common with I the career of the, Taylor Swift. I thought the end of this movie was great. Yeah. It's a big confl confl conflagration, yeah. and uh, the place is on fire. Everybody's shooting each other. Pretty Like somebody's dying like every 30 seconds here. Did you they see decide it? to leave leave the gold behind. Bradley even decides that his life is worth more than the gold. Yeah. Did you see the way that they edited this scene where Sadler and Ice T have a shootout where they both kill each other? Like, 
Uh, it feels like this wasn't the original plan or something like well, that. Well, I mean, you are in the heyday of movies getting cut for violence to receive a you know an R rating. Yeah, I guess that could be it. But it's like Ice T shoots William Sadler, and then he's like, oh. And then it like the film slows a little bit, yeah. and then he goes, ah! and then he shoots Ice T, and then he's, I guess they're both dead. Well, yeah, that takes die. care of those two characters. Those guys are off the table. Basically, and then the same thing happens with Ice T and the guy that he was teamed up with to steal the gold. They shoot yes. each other over the gold. Yes, the exact he kills same Raymond. Thing. I was like, oh, another one of those. He kills Raymond. Sandler kills him. You know yeah. what this movie could have used? Some impalements on like spikes. Like a guy falling off of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it could have easily been in there. Yeah. I think this movie could have definitely been more violent. Yeah. It's pretty violent, but I mean, come on. I mean, more creatively violent. More maybe. creatively It violent. was definitely very violent. Lots of shooting, but I feel like I could have used some wacky deaths. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked it. I just, this is my kind of thing. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't like, I like it. it. And it has a killer ending. When, okay, so who's left now? There's Cube's left, Bradley's left, Paxton's left. Yeah. Yes. Of course, uh... There's another just sort of like, that's it, huh? I seen between uh, Paxton and Bradley. I don't remember how Cube dies. Doesn't he just die in that shootout with the guy that he's struggling with the gold over? There's a lot of chaos so. in this. So he's so Cube's off the table, too. And it's just the building burning in the background. Well, Bradley is like, just go, you know, yeah, get out of here, save yourself. I'm, I'll be like, don't worry about me. Yeah. And Paxton is like, okay, man, I'll see you later. You thanks. sure? I can help <laughs> you. I'm, I'm the good. I'm kind of like the nicest guy here. And they're like, no, them. get out of here. They'll kill you if they catch you. And he runs away. And, and this then... is cu- this is touching back to the beginning of the movie where they're in a fiery apartment mm-hmm. and the guy is like, go on. And then Bill Paxton is like, I'm trying to save you, and he doesn't want to save him. Then. Exactly. Bill and Paxton then, goes running into the darkness and, and never to be seen again. And Bradley's like, and I got the gold. And as he walks away, cackling back towards the burning building, the movie is over. He just apparently. He just had it at his feet or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> he had it hidden behind something. Or something. It was awesome. But he picks it up and he starts laughing. And he gets, like Bradley he, gets all he the He wins, money. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because Bradley was the only one who knew about gold anyways. Yeah. Like, whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, has a, he has a really good line about gold and, like, how it works. Something like, uh, yeah, you can melt it down, pound it, twist it, piss on it. It's always the same gold. <laughs> Even if you piss on it, gold will be the same gold. What's the, what's the line from Heist? <laughs> Everybody loves gold. That's why they call it gold. No, no, it's it's somewhere he's like, like what what you know, like somebody's like, why why does anybody do anything? And somebody's like, I thought it was love. Yeah, love and he's of like gold. love of gold. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, it's something like that. Good <laughs> my, movie. My motherfucker's so cool. When he goes to sleep, she, she count him. him. <laughs> I love that line. That's good. <laughs> we already talked about Heist. We did. Uh, Heist. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's not bad. I don't, I don't not recommend it. I mean, if you like Ice T, Ice Cube, Bill Paxton, I mean, Sadler's great. Sadler's always good. He's playing a, a classic Sadler type character. It's just like feels pretty inert. It, it should be a hey real. Hey man, fucking can I get a word with you or something? You can have two. <laughs> fucking, fucking you. <laughs> no pictures, you pinko bitch. Uh, that, that that's a line in this uh, where this is before the the shoot before Sadler and Ice T shoot each other. Ice yeah. T goes, "Tell me, what's it been all about?" Or, and he goes, gold. It's all about gold. And Ice-T goes, gold? You're crazy. And then they <laughs> shoot each other. It's just, it should be cooler than that. I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. that's very Walter Hill, like, no frills. Like, he's not an ostentatious guy when it comes to that kind of thing. He's, he's, more, he's more about just, like, heavy impact. He's not doing it to seem cool. Yeah. I like frills sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. Give me some frills. I'm, I'm with you. Like I said, this is not one of my favorite Walter Hills, but I do think it's effective. Um, 
Let's see if I got any other good lines. I think I pretty. Who's gonna call the cops? This is this is Bradley. Uh, I think it's pretty great. He goes. Uh, they're like, oh, let's call the cops. <laughs> and then Bra- or why isn't no? He goes. Well, there's been a bunch of gunshots. Why hasn't anybody called the cops yet? And Bradley goes, who's gonna call the cops? The pigeons or the rats? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, but I think I got all the lines. You've been watching too much television. You're gonna sell. You sound. You sound like Geraldo. Like, hmm. Great, always a great uh, Geraldo. Geraldo line. I think Ice T- Ice Cube's first line in this movie really makes is another thing where I'm like, here we go, because they like kill somebody at the very beginning, and Ice Cube goes, "I told you that motherfucker was scandalous." I'm like, uh, oh man, that's like that's what I want Ice Cube to yes. say. I love it. Here we go, and then it's just fine. I don't know. Speaking of which, ratings. Uh, I'm gonna go three and a half Juds on this one too. Wow. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen this movie like 20 times in my life. It's just one of those things that I've seen a bunch. I've always enjoyed it. Uh, no Douglases. Mm-hmm. No. No time for that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to give it um, 10 out of 10 exceptional documentaries that eventually would have aired on PBS about the workings of this gang. <laughs> poor, Independent Poor lens. video. Poor video, yeah. The gang that all dresses uniquely from yeah. each from each other is pretty cool. They have their outfits are fantastic. They all got their own style. I quite enjoy that. Um, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it two and a half, just because wow. it's probably more of a three. But I, I kind of resent it a little bit. It should be more. <laughs> it should be more fucking fun. And I was mildly disappointed by it when I first saw it. In 1992, and this was my second time watching it. Once, same exact deal. Just kind of like they sm- they snatched mediocrity out of the jaws of victory. Like this, this movie should be so <laughs> much better. It's not like it's it's not like it's bad. But how how come this movie from 1992 with Ice T and Ice Cube in it is just okay? Mm. Directed by Walter Hill, written by Robert Sebeckis, like what the fuck? Uh, and I think that a lot of it has to do with that middle part where it's just a nerd. I, although I do find that ending to be pretty chaotic and unsatisfying as okay. well. Um, zero Douglases. No Time for Love. Dr. Jones. And then uh, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 canceled shows. Yes. All right. I'm going to give it three Judds because I liked this. Um, I did kind of want more from it and wanted some more wackiness. I think it was just a little too... It had the promise of being a little wacky, and then it never kind of got there, but I did love all the characters, and I thought I was just, like, delighted to see a new character with a new random outfit and, like, a <laughs> yeah. and like a funny nickname and stuff. And, and yeah, so three Judds for me, zero Douglases, and 10 out of 10 pairs of knife cleats. Mm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Cletus. Cletus with the cleats. <laughs> Very good stuff. Uh, all right. Oh, so. you guys, this next one. <laughs> I definitely smoked too much weed while I watched this and don't remember anything. <laughs> but <laughs> but I do have almost three quarters of a page of notes. Wow! Okay, so we're gonna see. Uh, we're gonna see what happens. All right. I've seen this movie many times over the course of my life. It's beloved by by so many people whose opinions I trust and value. Interesting. It is not a good movie. I don't think so. I would argue that Judgment Night, one of the most overvalued films of the 90s, yet every dude my age seems to enjoy it. Nobody is taking dates. It's a bunch of guys going to a boxing match. That's it. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I know your friends. (laughs) They have the hormones of high school kids. I'll be home early, okay? Promise. (laughs) What do you say, fight fans? A night out on the town. 
a heavy traffic jam. I'll tell you something, I'm not going to miss this fight. And one wrong turn. We've circled this block about 300 times. Yeah, enough of this scenic round. Ah! What the hell was that? Ah! He's been shot. They're coming after me. You gotta get me out of here. Can't just sit here. Come on. They got guns, John. You broke rule number one. Do not steal from me. Oh, boys, rule number two, no witnesses. I, did, I didn't know there was a lot of people that, that liked that had a... This is, this is like vaunted, in my opinion. People love this. It's like, you know, classic banger. Interesting. And I just think it is so fucking boring i had this this is the exact same thing as trespass when it came out it was just like this should this is my shit they had that cool soundtrack yep. it's an action movie yeah, it was gonna soundtrack. be r-rated i probably liked dennis leary at the time it was just like mm. here we fucking go and then i was like huh stephen dennis? hopkins follow up to predator 2 oh, stephen hopkins. dennis leary is like a fake gary Busey. fucking interesting i, I do not like dennis leary um, good okay good movie, general then we're not gonna movie, have a problem here I'll, this movie, I do remember some of it. This movie just really gave me the impression it was it was not for me. It was it was it's really for the boys. This one, yeah, this movie is really for the dudes. I think it's I a dude, like it's a dude's it's not, rock. It's not for me and Matt, I think buddies you gotta are ignore, in trouble. I think you got to ignore a lot of dead air in this movie. It yeah. is almost two hours long. Yeah, uh, it's also like as you mentioned at the top of the show, it eschews anything to do with like. Anything interesting, like socioeconomic, like it's got no subtext. It's just what it, it is. It's it frames itself as a bromance slasher vehicle. Yes, but then never really delivers. It deliberately, consciously steers itself away from being about any of this stuff. And and like, there's a little bit of of the of the idea that these guys are like you know idiots to begin with. You know, yeah. just like, but but like. Who fucking cares about a single one of these guys? Like, I'm not rooting for anybody here. The cast is almost like single-handedly designed for you to be like, well, who gives a who fucking gives a shit? Fuck? It's like the 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 four the main core four dudes. I mean, this is just like listing off a, a list of like who are the most famous actors that I don't give a flying fuck about. Right. And it is Emilio Estevez. Wow, Boom. certainly towards the top. Jeremy Piven. Wow, absolutely. Ding not. ding ding ding. Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. Fuck yeah, put him up there. And Stephen Dorff. Uh, now shit. I'm a I am a inveterate Stephen Dorff. Man, but Steven he's not. Dorf, he's got nothing to do here. Again, I think once Dorf again, is the best of the Dorf without his Oberto body. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a little more palatable for me. And then the bad guys, you've got Dennis Leary, and <laughs> and some guy, some Peter Green. Peter Green, yes, Zed. Zed from from Pulp Fiction and Everlast. Everlast. Remember Everlast? Great. Well, that's and that's a good segue. I into... don't remember Everlast because I mixed in my brain. I mixed it up with Everclear. The white, the white rapper who named himself after sporting equipment. <laughs> yeah, interesting. On tour with Adidas. That's a that's a good segue into the thing that this uh, movie is most famous for. Its soundtrack. This movie was unsuccessful in the box office, but its soundtrack probably sold like probably went. Yes. Tri double, triple platinum, something like that. It was, they really hyped up the soundtrack. And as much as I want to like shit, shit and this is the one that's like the soundtrack slaps. It's like it's like each cut is like two bands working together, right? Yeah, it was two bands you wouldn't think. Extremely high concept soundtrack. It was like that Frank Sinatra duets record where he's like singing with Bono, except it's like but it was slap metal. It was it's like Ice T and like it was rock and rap. Yeah, it was rock and rap. I thought it was 
when, when I was thinking about it, I thought it was metal and rap, but it's just like all different kinds of rock, like Pearl Jam. Uh, but I'll, I'll read out the whole yeah, let's, collection. Let's just go. First of all, It's okay. more interesting than anything in the movie. I thought, like, A, I was going to do a whole thing like rap and rock together. That was a real monkey paw situation because we were all so excited about it when this came out and then new metal yeah, happened. Metal. I was like, well, fuck that. We blew it. That was a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, but not, the, most of these songs aren't great. But I still just like love. They'll look, pump you I, up. I still love looking at this list. Like the first, Helmet and House of Pain. God. Oh teenage. Okay. Teenage fan club and De La Soul do a song called Fallen. The movie begins, middles, and ends with this song, and it's one of my fucking favorite it's songs a good ever. Song. I totally forgot <laughs> that it was in this. Song. It is a fucking great song. <laughs> but it's like I don't know what Teenage fan club does. It just sounds like a De La Soul song. Right. It doesn't sound like Anthrax and then someone rapping over it. It's just like a fucking great hip hop. It's a Fucking great hip hop song, uh, so I love that. Living Color and Run DMC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, mm-hmm. Biohazard. I mean, you can you know can't be equally excited about all these, but Biohazard and Onyx, Slayer and Ice T, Faith No More and Booyah Tribe, <laughs> Sonic Booyah Youth, Tribe. Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill. Yeah. Dude, together, that one, that together one at like, last. That one was the single off the soundtrack. Yeah, I think so. Mud Honey and Sir Mix a lot. Mud Honey. Hello, Seattle. Represent. Representing Seattle. And by the way, this song fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, you once can, again, Seattle represent. You can hear they do. They do almost all of this except for the De La or the De La Soul song. They do all of this diegetically. It's like you hear it coming out of people's cars or, or apartments, mm-hmm. uh, and you hear that one at a certain point coming out of someone's car, and you're like, "What the what fuck, the fuck is, is that, Sir Mix a lot? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's awful. Dinosaur Junior. and Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. God damn. <laughs> Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill. So funny. <laughs> That's just, just wow. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, most of these songs suck ass, but I just think they're it's, fun to it's listen neat. to. Though me and Nick listened to them while we were making dinner before we watched this movie to just get us kind of pumped up. What were you yeah. making? I don't fucking remember. Hot I told dogs. you I had smoked way too much weed. <laughs> just hot but, dogs. <laughs> I could see. Ex- just, just I could see a hundred percent putting on this LP and listening to it all the way through and being like having a really yeah. fun time and then afterwards being like that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like but here comes another one. Oh my God, is this what? faith no more? Yeah, yeah, fucking, exactly. Holy shit! And just like every new song would be so exciting and then you'd be like most of those songs ugh, not good, awful. But again, fallen by. Teenage yeah. Fan Club and De La Soul, absolutely fucking great song. Um, yes, we were, we were talking about uh, two of the, uh, it was like, when will they shoot one of the top five? Uh-huh. This might be one of the top ten. Like, it's it's God, up there for are me. are you kidding me? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Ah, we're doing great. I don't like anything about this movie, I gotta be honest with you. You don't like this song? I don't the care. The De La Soul song? I just don't care. Uh-huh. You know I don't listen to music anyway. So. Oh, that's true. Matt, you're, you're giving me a bad opinion on hip-hop music, Yeah, man. right? Yeah, it's yeah. crushing the, me over here. The, the expert has weighed in, okay? <laughs> Uh, what he says goes when it comes to yeah. hip hop music from the nineties. Um, but yeah, the movie begins with that song, which I love, and it's this slow motion kind of like utopia shot of suburbia. Yeah, uh, like kids on their trikes. My favorite part of this is the is like I mentioned earlier. There's like a there's like a some lip service paid to these guys being like dipshits initially. Yeah, and it's 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 uh, Emilio's talking to his 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 wife, and they've just had a baby. And it's Christine Harnos from. She was on ER for a while, okay. and uh, and he's like, she's kind of miffed that he's going on this boys' night out. And yeah, he's it's like, a boys' reunion. He's like, Babe, the boys I deserve this. I haven't been out of the house in three months. And she's like, Oh, really? You haven't been out of the house in three months. And she's like, Carrie, she's it's cradling so- their infant son, and he is not getting it. <laughs> Such, well, they're all such fucking dumbasses. Yeah. But anyway, so here's what happens: is they show it's Jeremy Piven shows up in a fucking they have like camper. 
It's got in a my, Winnebago. Razor my, okay, in my brain, it was a party bus. Right. <laughs> but because it, it basically is. Check For out them. the inside. It's bigger than your house. Yeah, nice thing to say. Jeremy Piven as the Jeremy Piven character. <laughs> exactly. Jeremy Piven playing himself as usual. This is one of at least two movies where Jeremy Piven plays the wild card, like shitty friend in a group of uh, yes. white dudes. He's Ellis. A group of dudes who get into a, a, a pickle together. Yes. He plays the same exact character in a little movie called... Very bad thing. Oh, it's terrible. It's a film. very bad movie. Worse than this. It's way worse than this. Yeah. But he's like the exact same guy who's like, I'm the, I'm the fucking. That's because that's who guy. he is. Yeah. I <laughs> think it's. Abs- you know he does, he does stand up and stuff now. It's. Oh man, you gotta see it. You that. gotta see it. You can go, go do, on, we, do you gotta see it? Go on YouTube and look up some Jeremy Piven stand up. Is it about like anti cancel culture type stuff or? Uh, he's he thinks he's being edgy. It's 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 fascinating stuff. And it's like it's all about like being a Hollywood guy. Oh, yeah, yeah you know, you know, in Futurama when they unfreeze the '80s guy, yeah, he's like that, but about like being in the movies and stuff. It's it's crazy. Let me worry about X. Anyway, uh, he shows up. He's got this camper, and and he's like, yeah, I, uh, convinced the convinced the guy at the camper dealership to let me borrow it because I told him I was going to buy a fleet of them for my business that I don't have. Smooth talking, that Very kind of. Cool. I'm a smooth talking business kind and of Cuba guy. Cuba Gooding Jr. is their old buddy. He shows up too. <laughs> And then also, Every, all these guys are vying for the worst. Emilio the invited worst. his like his little brother or whatever, Stephen Dorff, who's like a ne'er do well. I guess they don't they don't try very hard to say. Like, <sighs> no. He's he, he's introduced driving his car extremely poorly, almost smashing it into uh, the the Winnebago. Yeah, and then he gets out and there's like he's like smoking a cigarette and you're like, here we go with this guy. He's gonna be some sort of. And then they don't. Yeah. Flesh that out at all? Nope, not just, at all. That's not his character. No, He's just and they sort tra- of like and a like brother. Cuba Gooding Jr. is supposed to become later the hothead, but it doesn't really. You can't. He can't oh, sell that. So he can't sell that at dorky. all. And anyway, so they're they're like going to some sporting event downtown uh, for their boys' night out. And it's, <laughs> a boxing it's, match. It's, it's yeah, a, yeah, it's a boxing it's match. It's a boxing and this match. Is Chicago, but and uh, it's not Boston. It's Chicago. Oh, I think it's Chicago. It's I Chicago. Most of it's not shot in Chicago, but it's Chicago. I, yeah. But anyway, so then and like they, you know, they immediately make a wrong turn because mm. Jeremy Piven is like, "Let's get off the expressway," and you're like, "Don't you guys know how to get to like the arena?" Also, once like, again, I don't drive a car, there's, but there's I can like get myself. Again, it's a movie where people are mad at the guy for getting off the expressway. Yeah, Never get off the expressway, jam. you guys. I mean, rightly so. It seems like that would be a dumb thing to do. Unless yeah. it's not 1993 and you have a GPS on your phone, don't get off the expressway. Right. No. But they get off in the bad, in the bad part of town. Yes. Wouldn't you know? Yep. And things go bad pretty fast. Well, they immediately start being assholes to the local people that live in the neighborhood. Like, there's the thing where they're, like, yelling at homeless people. <laughs> yeah, there's a group of people just hanging out on a street corner or something like that. They're, like, uh, 80 feet away or something. And they've got, they've got that... Yeah, he's got, like, a megaphone Megaphone att- attached to the Winnebago. And they're like, hey, you guys. You blah, blah, and he's talk, they, like, talk shit to him. And the guys, like, come up, and Emilio is the only... I mean, he's a... Dumb shit too, but he's the he's only supposed one. To be the, he's supposed to be the level-headed one. He's the level-headed. I mean, he's more level-headed than the other and they guys. Don't, but they don't set it up for him to be the level-headed one with the immediate like no. fight with his wife or whatever. Like, how are we supposed to like these people? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we don't care about these guys already. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm waiting for Judgment Night to start so that I can watch them get picked off one by one. Unfortunately, the guy they picked to be like the charismatic devil is fucking Dennis Leary, <laughs> a black hole of of sociopathic so lack of fun. charisma that you. Like nothing can escape from it, not even light. But the movie, not but even the light. well, look. Okay, so they so they like harass these the, these guys on the on the street, and then they like the guys like walk up to the Winnebago, and the guy starts reaching into his uh, into his coat. And I gotta say, they do they do the exact same thing that they in this movie that they do in in the Death Wish movies, where this is like urban. 
Urban oh, it's, terror. It's terrible. We, we know what we're afraid of, right, people? But yes. the, but all of the bad, scary guys are are white, interracial. Yeah, they're either white or like like these guys on the street. It's a very interracial group. Yeah, because like, look, we're not. You know what we're talking about, but we're not gonna. We're not gonna come out and dog, say it. It's dog whistly type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and they go they come up and it's a black guy and a white guy and we're, we're the scary guys. He reaches into his uh, his uh, jacket. And they're like, oh no! And then, oh, shit, he pulls <laughs> a booze bottle and is like, cheers. Cheers. Cheers okay. to you guys who were just harassing us for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, very strange. Anyway, then they run across. They come afoul of some some street toughs. Yeah. Well, they they accidentally because Jeremy Piven is guzzling fuck yeah. straight from the bottle. Yeah, they're getting he's drunk. Driving. Yeah, they're getting drunk in the in the camper. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, let me let me look down at the floor." Like somebody distracts him, and they yeah. accidentally hit a guy. Yes. Giving it's, some. I know what you did last summer. I know vibes. what you did last summer. And it's Michael DiLorenzo from New York Undercover. Michael DiLorenzo from I believe uh, it's Michael DiLorenzo is his name. Michael Jackson classic. Yeah. He's I always call him I this is not his name. I always think of him as Alex Rodriguez because he looks exactly like a kid I knew in high school named Alex Rodriguez. Oh, A-Rod. So whenever I see this guy, I'm like, that's okay, no. He's in the Beat It, he's in the Beat It video and the Thriller video. Is it he's Michael DiLorenzo? Is that the correct name? That sounds right. But you'll any anybody who's seen stuff from this time will definitely recognize him, and he is. Uh, they think that that the entire reason that he's having health problems is because they hit him with a car, which which they did. Uh, and he's a junkie, though. Yeah, he's got a lot of problems. <laughs> he's got a lot. Of, he's in a real jackpot. This guy. They take him into the Winnebago. They're like. Jeremy Piven pretends that the phone is not getting any service because he's afraid if the cops come, they're going to arrest him for hitting because he was (laughs) indeed drinking and driving. And he starts collecting all the empties and backing them up. (laughs) And and so they realize when they're kind of like tending to his wounds that he's also been shot and that he also has a bag of like bloody money. And and this guy has been running. He's like double-crossed Dennis Leary, we find out. And uh, and Dennis Leary, this is when they finally run afoul of Dennis Leary. They run their Winnebago into this alleyway and get it jammed in there. They can't escape except for the back window. And this is where we get like this cool introduction of Dennis Leary because they drag Michael DeLorenzo out of the car and they're like, oh shit, oh no, these guys are scary. These are scary gangster guys. This guy's in real trouble. And they're just like, you guys stay in there in the Winnebago yeah. while we take care of this business. And the guys, Michael DeLorenzo, is that his name? Mm-hmm. He's down on his knees. And, uh, and he's then, like, "Here's the money. I didn't steal it." And we get this. This movie thinks Dennis Leary is so fucking cool. Oh yeah, cool. yeah. Oh, like God. every white and dude in 1993 thought Dennis Leary I think, was hear me the knocking. fucking coolest I think coming guy. In. What is he famous for? Dennis Leary was Dennis Leary got famous for being. He got famous as a stand-up comic. Yeah. Dennis. Then he was popularized by MTV. Yeah. MTV was having him do like like uh, commercials for them and stuff. And he got pretty famous, and he was considered to be, like, kind of a handsome, cool guy. Mm -hmm. So, like, he would do videos with, like, Cindy Crawford and stuff. Yeah. Um, It was pretty much MTV was responsible for really blowing him up, in my memory. Yeah, but he he did MTV. He did actual commercials for probably, like, Pepsi or, like, he was huge. He was huge. And he had this, you know, like, very acerbic delivery in his his stand-up. He was considered the guy, like, he was, like, edgy, edgelord kind of humor. He famously recorded a song called Asshole. Oh, yeah. he was the rescue me guy. Yes, he eventually later on he was later he was on. That was much later. But yeah. this is this is when Dennis Leary first dropped and people yeah. just thought he was the shit. He was cut from Natural Born Killers doing his shtick, yeah. basically. I, I think you hear me knocking, and I think I'm coming in, and I think I'm taking Mickey and Mallory with me because I think I like the way these guys think. Okay. 
Okay. Like, okay. This guy's Smoking annoying. cigarettes, wearing leather jackets. Uh, he this was also guy's um, annoying. You know, he was in the movie The Ref, where he's also playing the angry guy. He plays. It's just shtick. He famously just, oh, he plays shtick. the, famously the stole. saber-toothed tiger from Ice Age. He yes. voices. And he was Got in. Uh, he was in another favorite movie that's uh, sick. You history is he was in Suicide Kings. <laughs> another <laughs> we terrible all, piece we of shit. Loved that one. Yeah. Uh, I think that's Kevin's least favorite that we I ever did. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Kevin Amazing. Clark. R.I.P. Kevin Clark. Uh, Yes, but it's it's definitely one of those weird, like, it's hard to explain now sort of things. And, like, people, and, I mean, I talk to people who love this movie, and they think he's good in it, and I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. The movie definitely thinks that he's good in it. The movie, like, I feel like the filmmakers are like, oh, I can't believe we got this guy. We got the coolest guy in the fucking, he's the funniest and the coolest. And they introduce him in this way where he's, like, his face is completely in the dark. It's like a, yeah. in, like Indiana Jones reveal where they're like, right. we're going to tease this character, and then... And they like, and he's like, you hear his voice, and he's like, "What are you doing? You, be, yeah, yeah, broke rule number one: don't fucking steal from me." And uh, and he's talking to this guy. I guess I'm gonna have to fucking shoot you then. All right, pal. Okay. <laughs> and and then he shoots him, and like the gun, the muzzle flash illuminates his yeah. face, and that's how we first see his face for the first time. And I feel I like mean, the, I mean, like to me, it's just like, what if Dennis Miller had been playing this part? You know, it's Dennis, like the same. It's the same thing. Dennis Miller is very, very Dennis Leary adjacent. Uh, <laughs> I wish it was Dennis Miller. Just because that would be funnier, and it's and it's very funny to me. He sucks worse, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny to me that uh, that they're both like we're known as these like edgy, intellectual, cool. I mean, it's hard, hard to imagine now, but Dennis Miller was considered cool in the eighties. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and Leary was too. Is, yeah. But their stuff is so hack, yeah, and so middle of the road. Well, I mean, Dennis Leary's like, you know what I want? I want a regular cup of coffee, okay? I don't want this hazelnut cream. You know? Oh my god! That's his deal. And he would just do shit like that. You're just like, like ba- basic cultural conservatism. Smoking cigarettes on yeah. stage. And I want to drink a pip. I want to have a regular coffee. Okay. And dads should beat their kids. Yeah. <laughs> my dad used to beat me all the time. That's why it should happen. Yeah. I remember he's constantly talking about his dad used to beat him all the time. And then Dennis Miller would do. Uh, my dad. My dad made. Uh, my dad made the great Santini look, <laughs> look like, like Leo, Leo Buscalia. <laughs> That's that's a that's a favorite of Matt. And like even people in our, our generation don't get that don't one. Don't even so get that don't one. Don't understand worry, don't worry what's going on. Oh, yeah. It's like the most Dennis Millery joke of all it's time. It's my favorite one because it is completely like, inexplicable who to could people. Possibly who, like, like nobody that knows joke. what that means anymore. <laughs> like crazy. even when he did it in the nineties, like nobody remembered who Leo Buscali was. And like, has anybody seen the great Santini since it came out? I'm not convinced that they have. <laughs> But uh, but Dennis Leary's like I think that this is one of the cases where they're like it's Dennis Leary man let him go let him rip let him rip and so he'll stay stuff like they blow up this Winnebago at a certain point he's like I guess you're gonna have to kill all the witness no witnesses okay and, uh, and uh, go kill all, go kill all those Let's guys go, okay come on like all the four all those four actors there nobody likes those guys That's a, what a <laughs> shitty group of dudes go kill them all what do you got Stephen Dorfer I think you can be knocking Stephen and I'm bringing Blade <laughs> and I'm bringing Blade uh, and he goes uh, they they blow up the Winnebago or uh, actually the the protagonists blow up yes. the Winnebago to like d- divert them, and Dennis Leary goes, "Shit looks like the Hindenburg, man. Good one. Good one. Good. Yeah. Real good. That was a thing that was on fire too. And he constantly says stuff like, where it's just the most middle of the round. Like he's most. So the rest of this movie is, of course, them this, chasing this group of four <sighs> white dudes yeah. chasing this other group of four guys. Yeah. They're supposed to be so scary. They're it's not like, very scary. Yeah. He's no. like, at one point, they're stuck in the tr- in a rail yard. They're like hiding in a train. He's like Dennis Leary's like you didn't pass go, so you definitely don't get two hundred bucks. <laughs> oh man, another <laughs> zinger. Like, Sit this tight, sucks. Sit tight. I'm gonna go door to door to door like the goddamn Avon lady. <laughs> 
Just let him rip. We man. got Dennis Leary, man. Let him go. This he's is just, the funniest. He's just swatting dingers right out of the park. <laughs> The Left and right. The funniest, Dingers. coolest guy of 1993, man. Um, in my notes, I said this movie is Dad Mad Max. <laughs> Dad, Dad Max? Max? Oh, no. <laughs> he, Dennis Leary has exactly one good line in this movie. Where he's talking to the uh, the black kid who's like in a rival gang, yeah, and they're like, "What are you doing in our territory?" And he's like, "Well, we're just chasing these other dudes. Maybe you can help us figure out where they went. You know, well, I'll, I'll give you all this uh, this money." And the kid's like, "That money's got blood on it." He's like, "You ever see any that didn't?" Oh, and then the kids <laughs> the kids like, "Why don't I just take your money?" He's like, "You can't take my money, but, but you, you can, can take, take my, my money. money." Yeah, and they they work it out. I feel like that's in the script. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not one of his. his but little, I mean, like, he's got all kinds of like that. I don't know if you remember the end of this movie. Is like it takes place in a grocery store. And he's like, he's like, attention shoppers, we've got a special on aisle five. It's dead meat, <laughs> stuff like that. Man. At, one, at one point, Everclear gets into the uh, Ever, Everclear. Ever, sorry, Everlast, Everlast, Everclear gets, in, gets into the hacky dialogue uh, game. Where and this is again where they're just peeling off mediocre one-liners while they're searching for the guys in the train, yeah, in the train yard. And Ever Everlast goes, "Lucy, I'm home. You got some splaining to do." <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> They've seen <laughs> these guys like I love Lucy. I guess I don't know. A lot of pop culture references from this uh, Irish gang, huh? I guess. Uh, at one point, uh, wait. What's the one? What's the one where uh, where they he kills somebody and he's like, this guy went to Purdue. I hate Purdue. Yeah. Okay. So they're stuck in the train <laughs> and there's these two shitty hobos. Uh, not a lot. Not not much good representation for anybody in this movie. Two by the way, shitty hobos. these two hobos are like, I guess if we uh, be a shame if we were to like make a noise and uh, and you guys were to get killed and they're like they'll kill you too. No, I think that they might actually reward us for uh, telling them that you guys are here. Yeah. And so they have to give them all their money. And Emilio Estevez, just uh, dumb as a pile of rocks, just gives him his whole wallet. Just take the money out. He doesn't want your fucking ID. Yeah, so just funny. like here, take my entire wallet. He's got so many bad. I mean, he's got the whole speech where he's yelling at Jeremy Piven. He's like, "People like you come down here, like you know, a hundred thousand dollars. That's shit to me, pussy. That's shit." <laughs> you know, he's just like screaming at him and but stuff. Two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But apparently, get, that's a large difference. The other hobo, his name it. is, and they call him hobos. It, he even, it, the other one's name is Buck, and he's described as that's Buck. He's got the brain of a chicken, and he is a he's a former football player for Purdue, apparently, who got hit too many times, and now he has brain damage. And at a certain point, he gives up the whole game. But he has a really funny line, or no, no, he's not from Purdue. Cuba Gooding Jr. is from yes. Purdue because he looks at Cuba Gooding Jr. and goes, "Who do you think you are, wearing that jacket and calling me a liar?" Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good line. He hates Purdue. And that, and then at a certain point, he flips out because he's like, "I used to play football!" Ah! and he yeah. starts screaming. And then the, the gangsters find him. They go running away, and Dennis Leary shoots one of them. He thinks he's shot. Or I think he for thinks a second, he shot. We're Cuba supposed Gooding, to think Cuba that we thought. Jr., yeah. But Gooding, the guy he took Cuba Gooding Jr.'s jacket, and it's Purdue. It's a Purdue jacket, and this gangster, this terrifying gangster from the from the streets of Chicago, goes, uh, "Hobo from Purdue. I, I hate, hate Purdue." Purdue. <laughs> Great. Do you remember when he actually just slides into his shtick a couple of times? Like, when he's killing the guy? He's like, guys like you, always complaining, whining, yap, yap, yap. He's just drowning the guy. I thought that you're, was... You're supposed to think that's so hardcore. <sighs> all you ever, all people ever do is complain, complain. I, I've got the whole thing. I hate whiners. Yeah. <laughs> this, Man, is, this is very funny nothing. to me, because Dennis Leary's entire shtick is complaining oh, about stuff. They're chasing the guys through the tenement <laughs> building, and he's like, people of the projects, I got an answer for you. I hate this place. I, I just want to go home and drink a beer and I smoke a cigarette. Okay. 
It's I, just oh god, he's is, the worst. This is the line, and this is uh, 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 this has happened this before. Mo- this movie sucks, and he he actively makes it worse than it needed to be. I think that this happens in what is it D- the one that Dennis? What is the one that Dennis Miller was in? Demon Knight. Uh, that's Bordello, uh, of blood. Bordello of Blood. Where they were just like, oh, let him go, man. Yeah. And then a lot of them were like, that didn't even make sense. It must be funny. He said it. This is this is the, the line. Because listen to this. This like starts out where you're like, oh, here we go. And then it like, what? He goes, uh, this is when he's dr- drowning, drowning one of his own men. <laughs> I hate whiners. I hate people who complain, complain, complain. Fucking yap, 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 yap. All fucking day long like a 747. Huh? Right. What? Right. Yap, 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 yap. Like an engine stuck right between your ears and you can't get away from it. You know what I mean? Like, no. I don't. Seven forty-seven. I do like how after yep, the guy yep, dies, yep. he just goes, "Well, he's gone now." <laughs> <laughs> Mistakes were made. There ain't, there ain't nothing we can do about it. <laughs> There's none. No. We get no character development for anybody in this movie. None. It, we have. We form. We're not even able to even barely form a connection with anybody either, which is what also probably why this yeah. movie did not stick in my head at all. They, they try to do a thing where like Cuba Gooding Jr. like goes off the rails, like he's oh man, he's getting unhinged. But, like, who the fuck so cares? Funny. It's yeah. like no one fucking cares. But it's because okay. That that, but I'm not that, rooting for literally anybody. Nobody, yeah. But that happens because they lost their one uh, sniveling lunatic guy. Because yes. Jeremy Piven is such a fucking liability this whole movie. He, You're waiting for the scene. Like the scene happens where he tries to negotiate. He thinks he's gonna he's gonna do Ellis yes. with him with uh, Dennis Leary. And Dennis Leary just throws him off the roof. And you're like, whew, thank God. <laughs> he, yes, he keeps he keeps on being a piece of shit. Like at a certain point, like some some nice people in a tenement like let him in. Yeah, and he's it's like, two, I got a gun. it's two women. Yeah, it's two women with a child. And then at a certain point, he's like, I got a gun, and he's like pointing his gun. You're not making me go out there. And you're like, God, this guy fucking sucks. He sucks. He's just drunk and we- and weaselly and a coward. And he's yeah. just like, you're just like, get rid of this guy. You don't have to take. It. I don't know. I'm but just waiting certain- for all these guys to get killed. But at a certain point, they get cornered, and this is the. the scene where they're cr- they're crawling across from rooftop to rooftop on a ladder. I do love this kind of shit. Uh, as, as I've previously stated, and Jeremy was like, I can't do it. Of course I can't do it. And then he goes like, I'm going to stay behind and negotiate with these guys. And this mm. scene goes on and on yeah. and on. And they're like watching from uh, from the other building, and they're going like, he's actually doing it. Because Dennis Leary's like bullshitting him. He's going like, oh, really? You're going to give me money? All right. Okay. Well, maybe we can work something out. And then Jeremy Piven's like, I'm doing it. I'm, 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 I'm actually pulling it off. I'm a good negotiator. And then at a certain point, Dennis Leary like turns on him and is like, actually... I was bullshitting you the whole time, but this is—he's got this ridiculous speech. This is quite. This is. Uh, this is again. This also feels like a improv line that they're that the filmmakers are like. It's got to be good. It's Leary. We're talking Leary here. We got real Leary. <laughs> guys like you, you got to keep checking your pants to see if you got a dick. I got one. Okay. Uh, you and your friends are that kind of spoon-fed fucking fruit bait that I fucking hate. Fruit bait? Spoon-fed fucking fruit bait that I fucking hate. I'll eat your fucking friends for fucking lunch. This is my fucking world. You eat friends oh. for lunch? You eat your friends for lunch? That's not <laughs> nice. your friends for lunch? You have friends? <laughs> yeah. Dennis Leary, baby. <laughs> It's terrible. Yeah. This is making me like it less. <laughs> this well, movie sucks. Before I didn't remember it, and now I just don't like it. Let me make you like it a little bit more, though. Because Why? Because the final fight is apparently, by my calculations in my notes, in a warehouse of wind chimes and glass. <laughs> is that real? Did that happen? It takes place good, in good a grocery prices. store. If you go right, from, if you get it right from the warehouse, you get price, good prices on the wind chimes. Final fight in a warehouse of wind chimes and glass. But I will like to point out that the music, other than the the, the rap rock score that is interesting but got largely unlistenable, the music is done by Alan Silvestri, and it sounds very much like the music from Predator, and that to me adds 
a lot of legitimacy. A bit. Yeah, <laughs> like it's great. I mean, Alan, so is he's just doing his Alan Silvestri thing, and it's and it's so cool. That I will he, agree he, that it, that is a good. That score. it does kind of like fool you at times into going like, is this is this, this good? good? This yeah. it's got to be good. This music's playing <laughs> over it. It's fu- it's fucking awesome music. Uh, they seem to get a lot of mileage out of the music for this movie. And by the way, like they when they're in the tenement, they peel off like six songs from the score because they keep <laughs> yeah. going, they keep walking past buildings so they can tell these bands that they got together. <laughs> like, yeah, no, we put you in the movie. You're in there. You're here for three seconds yet? as they walk past an yeah. open window. Um, but yes, uh, uh, the whole thing is just them running. At a certain point, they go down into the sewers. I thought I actually new metal sewer party. Other than Dennis Leary's like hacky one-liners, I thought the funniest thing about the movie was that at the moment that uh, Jeremy Piven dies, yeah, they're like, "Well, we've lost because ju- they're just doing this. We've got to generate plot through the characters yeah, acting yeah. erratically because it's a kind of a lazily made movie." Well, we've lost our like erratic character who was driving the plot, so now another character's got to step up and start being erratic. Yeah, so now Cooper 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 Crazy. I'm just gonna shoot somebody. <laughs> I, 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 I'm turning into a wild animal. Well, he, man. Kill, he kills Peter Green and it turns him on. You know. Lo- let's kill them all. Let's kill everybody in the world. That's so bad. Emilio's <laughs> like, "Hey, cool it, man. This isn't a game. What if we made Deliverance, but it was terrible?" <laughs> and it really seems like they're kind of like, "This is gonna be the thing." Is like, now he's got the, he's he's becoming a violence monster, and then and then yeah. at a certain point, Emilio's like, "Hey." Will you stop it with this shit? And he's like, "You're okay. right." <laughs> and then that—that's the end of that. So it's pretty—it's pretty sloppy, and it's—and it's almost two hours long. Yeah, it's almost two hours long. It's—it's yeah. it's it's interminable. It starts to be yeah, like I—I thought I thought thought enough of it was just kind of weird and amusing enough that, but the last third, like this act, this scene that takes place in that like the the where the weird store that yeah, sells yeah. all kinds of weird shit. Is just drag. Uh, the warehouse of wind It takes forever. Glass. Did you did you like how there's a scene late in the movie like uh, where this guy comes out? He's like oh he's like a stock boy at the store and he's got like a big pallet of soda. Yeah. And Dennis Leary starts shooting at the soda and the guy's got Al Green on his headphones and let's he stay together. He can't for some reason you can't hear gunshots over this rinky dink headphones. He's got him so turned up. But uh, but then he you know then he notices what's going on and Dennis Leary takes a few more shots at him as he's running away and I'm like so you chase these four guys all night. Because they saw you do some scary shit, you're just gonna let that guy get away? He was. He didn't hear me. He had his headphones on. He didn't hear me. He didn't hear my trademark rants. Well, it's also very funny to me that in these other movies, like there's so many vampires in enemy territory. The whole building's full of them. And then in uh, in uh, Trespass, like more guys keep showing up. Like that's another thing. Oh, we killed. Maybe we picked off one or two of them. But like now, a whole car of them. Oh shit. We're. But it's just four guys. And then they keep getting whittled down. Yeah. And by the end, it's just Dennis Leary. And he's like unstoppable. It's just one guy, one Dennis Leary. Yeah. And they're like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? Uh, but yeah, Emilio has to finally have a standoff. And then they, they, and they fight they fall, each they, other. And then he throws him down a flight of steps and he dies. He is dead. And they keep, but they keep on teasing it like he's walking down the stairs and he keeps, and it's like, he's going to come back. And as soon, no, as, he as soon as it happens, then all these cops show up. And then the cops show up. You know, you know. Okay, so you probably. I know you like this movie just as little as I did, but and we disagree sort of on Trespass. But this, where was my ricochet this episode? Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I enjoyed most. I enjoyed Trespass. I enjoyed Enemy Territory. This is terrible. But like in this, in this sort of genre, 
one of these movies should have been as wild as Ricochet. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I thought Trespass should have been much like I thought. That's like kind of what I'm saying. I, I, feel like, I feel like this absolutely deserved to go that route. Like, come on. You could have really done something here. Yeah. This you know? movie has such uh, has such a kind of like baked in blandness to it. Yes. It's in yes. the cast. It's in the it's in the entire cast. Is there anybody in this movie to get ex- to get excited about? No. no. It ke- and he keeps trying to do like stylistic stuff, but Hopkins like I like his movies in general. He's serviceable when he Predator wants to two be. Is awesome. Predator 2 is great. He's done a lot of good work on television Nightmare stuff. 4. Mm-hmm. Night, uh, I think is it five. 4 or 5? It's Dream five. Child. Yeah. yeah. And he did uh, and he did Ghost in the Darkness, which I really like. Yeah, he's also done some other shit like the Lost in Space movie. He also directed that too, which right. is like a, a notorious boondoggle. Yeah. But uh He's just throwing in split diopters here. Yeah, all like all left and right, like they're all over the place. And especially in the sewer, this look good. Yeah, (laughs) it looks like shit. I have nothing to say about this movie (laughs) at all. Yeah, (laughs) I I feel like we got to get rid of this one. Bye, Judgment Night. Delete the files. Judgment Night has has been judged. Delete the files. We delete it. I wasn't. This might be a controversial opinion when when it gets released, but I'm telling you, this movie is bad, bad, bad. Uh, it's yeah, and and of course this was financially unsuccessful. Yeah. Uh, but the except for the soundtrack, the soundtrack was a big hit. Weird. Uh, I'm sure that's happened before with with other movies, but but like again, like how I don't know. It's it is surprising to me that there's I don't know if I've met the people who were like the Judgment Night stands. Uh, there are definitely stands out there. I, I, it's almost like the they're being antagonistic with this cast. Like each each celebrity. Uh, they're all celebrities. I'll give them that, but each one less exciting than the than the last. It's mm. it's kind of impressive. Um, there's, there's nobody even in like a cameo, even in like a small Sorry, role. No. Gotta like, say no. Start Jesus Christ. Gotta say no. I would uh, I would think you know if uh, they you could have got even excuse me. I'll start over. If you'd have got rid of Dennis Leary and put David Caruso in there, you got a movie. Yeah, David Caruso. David Caruso. I hate whiners. I hate people who just complain, complain, complain. I mean, I'm telling you, he'd have been better. What if we replaced him with DJ Caruso? Oh, (laughs) 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 Caruso. If you want to see what I mean, I just I like I like Caruso anyway, but he can do like crazy psycho wild man stuff. Mm -hmm. Go watch go watch Proof of Life and watch him be unhinged. King of New York. It's terrific. King of New York, yeah. Yeah, if this was recast, maybe I think this could work with a better cast. Maybe had some more exciting random wacky shit. Or characters you liked. Yeah. Or go the other direction and have Conan O'Brien be the be the I'd watch that in a second. That'd be great. (laughs) But he's he's tall, you know, so he'd be intimidating. And like his one. henchmen are like Max Weinberg and Andy Richter, <laughs> and they're following Emilio Cuba Gooding Jr. around. It would be only slightly less intimidating. <laughs> I mean, these these guys aren't very scary. Oh no, Dennis Leary's gonna get me, and he's telling Avon lady jokes. Oh shit! <laughs> you could have the exact same jokes that Conan O'Brien would sell it. It would work. You guys are like, pissing me off more than an air than food on an airplane. <laughs> they don't even give you the peanuts anymore, okay? Oh God, I'm done talking. You guys, about I feel this. like I'm Let's waiting in line. At, I feel like I'm waiting in line at the DMV. Okay, I hate it. Also, really not a fan of the Dennis Leary impression. You guys, oh, come on, it is. I think you hear me knocking, Emily. <laughs> Great. I, think, I, think, I think I'm bringing in Judgment Night, MTV, Natural Born Killers. <laughs> okay, oh, Dennis Leary sucks. All right, you got uh, any more lines? Because I think we've exhausted all the good lines oh. here. Uh, I think we kind of had. Th- oh, this is just like them. Busting each other's balls when they first get on the, uh, and even the, ball, the even bus. the ball, like the dude ball busting is kind of like the, you're like, oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just like very again bland. Uh, where where he goes, I think Stephen Dorff goes. Looks like Barbie's Playhouse when he's talking about the Winnebago. Good one. And then Jeremy Piven replies with, "You should know, you're the one who plays with dolls." <laughs> Bland ball busting. Yeah. <laughs> good. Because mm. you're, you're gay. Do you understand me? That's, uh, this is a thing that Dennis Leary says. To Sorry, Emily. Uh, oh, his name is, is Jimmy Fallon. Is Fallon. I, was, I was just thinking of Jimmy Fallon, as, as one would. Uh, God, if Jimmy Fallon was the fucking... <laughs> Jimmy Fallon in this? We're, we're literally begging for anything. <laughs> he can't here. stop himself from laughing. <laughs> He's just excited about being yeah. here and being the villain. Oh, wow. Uh, but he's like, I think... This is this is when he's got the gun to the guy uh, to the guy from the Michael Jackson video. Mm-hmm. So that he's before they've shown his face, and he's asking why he was betrayed. And he's like, "What's the problem, huh? No company car? Not a, not a, not long enough lunches?" <laughs> Good one. <laughs> and then he starts doing this whole like rules thing. Rule number one: Don't, don't steal, steal from, from me. me. Rule number two: No witnesses. That's it. No more rules. You think that this is going to be a running thing? No, he's got two rules, and they're both pretty boring. Yeah, I don't think I, I hated, hated it. it. I hated it more now that we're talking about it. It's yeah. definitely a, a classic case of hating it more now that we're talking about yep, it. Yep, I yep, thought yep, it was yep. kind of funny, uh, or at least amusing, and then it, and then that last third gets real. Yeah, it's dire. This is Cuba Gooding Jr. because he he keeps on implying. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Keeps on implying that apparently at some point in their in their relationship, Emilio Estevez was a fucking badass. Uh-huh. Like, why are you being a pussy? Where's the old Frank? Like, what were they? Were they, they weren't in a war together. Like, what are you talking about? Right. There's this in high school. But he goes, you used to have, and he screams this. It's very funny. You used to have bigger balls than anybody. <laughs> you should <laughs> see a doctor about that. Emilio, Emilio to Estevez. say that with, like, with like serious emotion yeah. is yeah. so dumb. And just picturing this five foot four guy with enormous testicles just yeah. walking around. It's pretty funny. It's like Bo is afraid. <laughs> Short king. <laughs> uh, all right, ratings. I walked into this wanting to give it two juds. Oh I think boy. we're down to I think we're down to maybe one or one and a half oh juds my. here. Yeah, I one, and not, a, one and a half or I'm gonna go one and a half. Okay. I'll be generous. I'll be generous. Uh, Alan Silvestri. No Douglases. No. No. And I'm gonna give it. Uh, fuck, man. What? There's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing to do. <laughs> to give it. I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten. Uh, airborne Jeremy Pivens. <laughs> <laughs> that negotiation did not go well. Uh, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it two. I'll go two. I I did find this pretty amusing. Like I said, until the last, not not in like good ways, but I was kind of like, oh boy, yeah, here, uh-huh. here's a thing that's a thing, huh? And then it just gets man, it, it drags in that last third, and it's it's just a pretty bad movie. What a what a shitty cast. God damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that we're talking about it, it really is irritating me more. <laughs> Uh, and um, zero Douglases, of course, and I'm gonna give it ten yaps that sound <laughs> like a 747. Oh boy! Oh my God. Huh? Yap 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 yap. Like a like, uh, yap 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 like a 747. Wait, what? Yap 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 like an obnoxious movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this two juts. I don't want to give it less than that because it is, um, you know, it had it had intention it just didn't didn't deliver on anything basically and like i said if it was recast it could have been something cool but alas and then the soundtrack the soundtrack is pretty fun pretty funny and fun um i'm gonna give it zero douglas's and i'm going to give it 
oh my gosh, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 <sighs> underground new metal sewer parties. Hello. I love it. Did that happen? I don't know. Sure. I wrote it in my notes. Who knows? <laughs> I don't believe it did. Well, we, sur- hey. we survived the night. <laughs> we made it through. And we were judged. Oh, yeah. What are we doing we next? Came oh, we have such exciting Good episode next. to show you. Yes. Next. Good episode coming. Uh, what are we calling this one? Maybe like we thought about occupational hazard. Oh, yeah. I think this is Corey's idea. Corey Brewer, who does the music for the uh-huh. podcast, the music that you heard at the beginning of this, his idea. Well, I, I, don't, I think he had a title for it, but I don't recall what it was. So okay. we'll, I'll check with him we'll again. Check with him. Anyway, three job-related titles. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing the Paperboy, Lee Daniels, the Paperboy. So excited. The Love Accountant. It. Never seen it. And oh boy, I'm so excited to talk about the Counselor. Excited to revisit this one. <laughs> yes. I, I strongly urge counselor. you to watch the long version. <laughs> the long like, version. The director's okay. cut is, in my opinion, superior. But both are great. All right. I watched it in theaters, haven't seen it since. Me Excited too. to revisit. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I own that one. The Counselor is something else. It is great. And R.I.P. Cormac McCarthy, who R. passed R. away Cormac last week oh, as, yeah, as of this recording. Timely. This is one of the Cormac McCarthyist things ever, ever produced. produced. Absolutely incredible. A great Dr- film. Directed by motherfucking Ridley, Ridley. Scott. I'm a, an inveterate Ridley stan. Wow. So. Scott time. Scott it's time. Scott time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, so we're so there's a, there's a lot of just even thinking off the top of my head. There's a lot of fucking weird shit that happens in the movies that we're about to talk about. Uh-huh. There sure is. <laughs> really, I've off, never seen the Paperboy. Really off the rails oh, stuff. Oh, you're gonna love the Paperboy. Really oh, off the rails stuff. <laughs> Great. I'm, Until I'm then, forward to it. Right, rate us on iTunes, five stars only. Leave us some reviews. Follow yeah. us on Follow us. Patreon, where Kevin Clark is still alive and well somehow. Yeah. Speaking from beyond the grave. Speaking from beyond Follow the grave. Us on we the just put up a good medias. Ed Woodward. We put up a good. Uh, what was? It? Oh, we put up twins last week. Twins. 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 Uh, by the time this is episode. out, we'll have Thelma and Louise. That's right. Yeah. We're doing. We're tell doing your friends. Fine work tell over your there. friends and family to listen to our podcast. Yeah. And uh, join our Patreon. Like, like they just said. Yeah. So, follow us on all the places you can follow us. Except in real life, don't follow us. Don't, yeah. don't stalk us. That's weird. And you uh, can stalk me. Oh, stalk oh. It's an open inv- invitation to stalk. I'm not Travis. doing anything. No yeah. take backs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Until next time, the suspense is killing us. Good. Bye. Bye. Hey yo kids, what's up? Remember when I used to be dope? Yeah. I owned a pocket full of fame. But look what you're doing now. I know. Well, I know. I lost touch with reality. Now my personality is an unwanted commodity. Can't believe I used to be Mr. Steve Austin on the mic. Six million ways I used to run it. I guess Oscar Goldman got mad. Cause I got loose circuits. I be the mother goose with the eggs that seem to be 